You watching me glow, you watching me go I'm all in my zone, I'm holding my own I'm feeling like Bane, I'm breaking your bones I am a blur, black and a nerd So this is my own, this is my zone And this is a show you already know like My gram, blur, YouTube, blur Everything I do so blurred Bet you wish you so blurred Cosplay, blurred All day, blurred Everything I do so blurred Bet you wish you so blurred Bet you wish you so blurred Talking about what we heard Talking about what we seen All through the eyes of a blurred Everything that we do urge Flying like a super person Plus I got super friends We be teaming up early Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Blurred Vision Podcast, your inside source in the world of all things geek and pop culture. I'm your host for the evening, morning, or wherever you're spending your days, but you might just simply know me as Jeffy Rays. And here with me, as always, is the OG Blurred Vision himself, the Professor Hulk of that which is my life, Mr. Jordan (laughs) Barnett. What? What kind of intro was that? (laughs) What? You didn't like that? The Professor Hulk. Well, it... It was like similar to the old intro, but like it, it almost felt like I, I just walked into an incursion to like pull from <laughs> Doctor Strange. Like I'm in a different universe right now. Like <laughs> it's similar, but it's slightly off. What's happening? <laughs> I added a little bit of my own flair. Come on, give it. Come on. Hey, I'm I'm good with it, man. It's like like I said, it's like the incursion. I feel like I'm I'm, I'm looking at the the stoplights that are green and the <laughs> everything's a little little different. Not what, not I- that different. Not that mad. But it's like it's like we're we're back. We're we're back. You know. So it's like I wanted to do a little something extra, a little pizzazz. You know what I mean? Okay. Are we back? Is this back? I don't know if this is back. I I, I, th- I, I want to say we're back. Well, we're back in so far as we're we're talking on a podcast together. I don't know if this is back per se, but I'm gonna give it to the audience. Um, yeah. For me, and th- this is this is uh. I'm gonna say this is less a podcast, more therapy. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> oh, my boy. info for this. Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, we've been gone for a while. There, there are reasons, and I was just talking to Jeff off air about some of the reasons before we uh, we hopped on. But and I've I've kind of touched on them before about like a lack of passion and and feeling like my general temperament toward the things we usually talk about, like the movies and television shows, have been souring over time. Yeah. And I, and I had to take a step back because I, I, one, thought that maybe taking a step back would allow me to reconnect with the fanboy at heart and allow me to, once again, enjoy things. Like, turn, turn the critic off a little bit, you know? Like, yes. you know, even though we're, we're getting into more of the filmmaking and we've got Ninja's Oath dropping, check mm-hmm. out uh, Unworthy Productions on Instagram. <laughs> uh, but as we're stepping into being filmmakers of our own, I... I also found that it was kind of a little bit hypocritical to be creating things and at the same time critiquing people that I feel like are not only far more qualified than me, mm-hmm. but have far more resources. So who the fuck am I to judge anything that, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's one thing to be like a, a like a reviewer, like a, a nerd reviewer, yeah. when it's just, you've got no stake in the game. But mm-hmm. then when you're also making things, it feel, it, I feel like an asshole being like, eh, look at their shitty CGI. Meanwhile, I'm over here like with my, <laughs> no, I love Crystal. She does amazing VFX, but just, you know, to be fair, it's not the same <laughs> level when they've got a, a $20 billion budget, or at least right. it shouldn't be the same level. Yeah. We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because there are things that I'm like, yo, 
when fan films are matching fucking real movies and television shows, there's a problem. Yeah, definitely. But I took a step away from all that because I felt like I didn't want to be that bitter guy that's always like, er, the damn kids in my lawn, I hate all, everything new. Hey, you rotten kids, get the hell off of my lawn. Yeah. And, Wait, you said you travel 15 miles to get to the nearest Pokemon Center. <laughs> that's what it's feeling like, man. I've become, I've gone from feeling like that the, the twelve year old that's starting the Pokemon Adventure to now I'm like I can't even say Professor Oak because he's nice. I'm like an <laughs> asshole, Professor Oak. I'm just I'm just angry all the time. <laughs> you don't use your bike indoors, Ash. You fucking idiot. <laughs> that's me. That's me now. Oh my god. Oh, and to catch people up with current events, I made a post recently critiquing. She-Hulk, the the first episode's clip, not even the full episode. I had just seen a clip that IGN dropped as like uh, promotional uh, footage of episode one. Yes, you. So you did a hot take on a cl- on a on a promotional clip that was done, and then it's like so, and then like people decided to fucking give you shit for it afterwards. Oh, oh, shit is an understatement. Yeah, more so. I had friends attempt to cancel me. Uh, I've had people that I've been. And a quote unquote ally to for mm-hmm. years, tell me that they were gonna look at me sideways for stating what I think is not only the obvious, not only something that I have been talking about as a slippery slope on this goddamn podcast for years, but it's something that I feel like if you're truly progressive, like all the people that I feel like are championing She Hulk are, you would have a level of empathy to not be. Sexist <laughs> to be uh to, if you if you want equality that means equal that means you don't diminish one to uplift the other in terms yes. of sexual relations and how that is a theme that has been pervasive on this podcast when it comes to my complaints over and over and over again through every medium through from television to movies from every franchise whether they be new or or even more regularly old and resurrected like every like termin like just just throw a dart and pick an old franchise and it's been resurrected and then injected with this weird <sighs> condescending toxic male hating feminist propaganda and it's it's happening more and more frequently more and more pervasively and it's becoming more and more and i think the reason why it's people are bucking against it more frequently and it's becoming a more divisive topic in the fandom is because it's not even subtle anymore. Now no. it's just right in your face. Like it's, you could have messages and I don't even have to agree with your messages, but usually, and back in the day, what they used to do is interject them with subtlety. But nowadays, not only is it so obtrusive that they're beating you over the head with these messages, but it's almost with this level of like, 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 like vindicated self-righteousness and, and loathing. Like, mm-hmm. you can feel... And we're going to talk about She-Hulk, and we're going to talk about House of the Dragon, because I think House of the Dragon will be a good uh, palate cleanser after yes. we de- destroy She-Hulk, just I... to prove that we're not <laughs> sexist, whatever, misogynists, or whatever yeah. the fuck. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah, liter- no, you, this is what I'm going to have to say about modern-day feminism, and all of the people who want to advocate for it. It's like, anyone who wants to go and say that oh, if you don't like this, you're racist, you're sexist, you're misogynistic. It genuinely feels like the olden days of the Salem witch trials where it's like everyone was looking for the witches and so many people, mm. so many innocent people were like, were, were, were condemned for witchcraft and whatnot. 
Like, like if you, if someone thought that, that you were doing something wrong, they deem you a witch. And that's exactly how that feels in this modern era. Because then he wants to go and point the figure and say, you're a witch. And it's like, mm. you need to get the fuck out. You need to get the fuck out. But things were done worse back then than they are nowadays. Now you're just, the worst that can happen is you're canceled off the internet. You're scolded. <laughs> and, you know, basically it's like no one wants to fucking talk to you anymore, which is it's it's really fucking petty that yeah. that no one can have healthy discourse about something that even if you don't agree with the person on it even if like you don't see eye eye, eye about it it's like automatically you're just deemed a toxic person if you don't like what if you don't like the product that they're dishing out but it's like it's not just us. It's not it's not just the men inside the nerd groups. The nerds are slowly getting kicked out of their own out of their own spaces just because they don't like what Disney or whoever is like is like putting out there on the internet. And it's like it's not just us. It's even it's even the women. Like I've seen Yeah, it. it's the women but the you don't that they're not the ones put in the forefront to be talked about. It's easier, like instead of the comics someone a witch now, now it's you're, you're a sexist, you're a racist. Literally, and men. It, it is, there's a hierarchy. There's an unspoken hierarchy that's happening, where the women could say those things, but they're either dismissed or ignored. Literally, it's the men that call out these things that are hung out to dry and use an example of toxic masculinity and call it sexist and every every name imaginable. But I mean, we'll get all the, we'll get there. But yeah. I say all that just to say that. My relationship to the things that we talk about has fundamentally changed over the course of the years I've done this podcast. So when I walked away from doing it regularly, I thought I was doing it under the pretense of, hey, maybe now I can love things again. But ironically, what I thought was first a CW problem that became a, oh, maybe it's a Netflix original problem. But then it slowly trickled into everything, and now it's an everything problem. So I can't escape it, and I can't ignore what I'm seeing without putting a finger on the same thing I've been talking about from day one. And unfortunately, because of the way tribalism works in our country, yep. <laughs> I've, I've been progressive, I've been liberal for years, but now I feel like I'm not liberal enough, and my opinions if they even sound similar to the opinions of people that are deemed to have quote-unquote incorrect opinions, quote-unquote conservative opinions, quote-unquote the other side of the opinions, yeah. then you are automatically cast out into that realm, and now you're, you're a conservative, incel, sexist, homophobe, whatever the hell. So for then for a while, it became, rather than talk about the things I didn't like because I didn't want to be negative it became now i feel like i can't talk about the things i i used to like but don't like anymore because now if i do like you were saying you're you're censored you're labeled you're ostracized so Literally. i had to do a lot of cope a lot of like internal searching and and trying to figure out did i want to keep speaking my opinion in a world where i felt like the opinion frankly of a straight man I have the one benefit of being a, a black man, so I do have that point in my <laughs> my my uh, my intersectional identity card. I have that at least to be a benefit still. Huh. But even that, it's not it's not it's not enough these days. Like I I, should, I really need to stamp off a couple more if I want to have any kind of say in society. Oh Jesus! <laughs> but I had a really question like, do I want to keep stating my opinion, especially now in a world where if I say what I f honestly feel, I could be blackball labeled. And what's even worse is especially in the black community and you 
you probably you don't have a direct connection to this. Mm-hmm. I'm sure as a minority yourself, as someone who's Spanish, you can understand. That's the thing. That's the thing, though. It's like I lived my entire life blind to the fact that I'm Puerto Rican. Because it's like, mm. I, I always just thought to myself that, like, I'm an American, you know? It's like, I live in mm. America, I live in America, but I'm not white, you know? But it's like, I act I act like I am. I have I have my own people telling me, it's like, oh, you're white, dude. It's like, you barely speak Spanish, and it's, and you know, it's like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not derived in my own culture. So it's like, I've been, I feel like I've been colorblind my entire life. I never thought well, to myself that, like, people treat me different or whatever, just because I look the way that I do. That's the way it was supposed to be back in the 90s, which I felt like, ironically, looking back on it, was less racial and less segregated than it is now. Like, somewhere along the yeah. way, we, we made the mistake of thinking, like, being proud of our identities was more important than feeling like a cohesive whole. Yeah. Like, it, it became a thing where it separates us rather than unifies us. Like, representation, what what used to be a thing that was supposed to, like, uplift you, make you feel like, you know, like... You're, you're worth something and that you you can aspire to do anything and you can see yourself in in reflected in the things that you love but somewhere along the way it became it has to be the only thing that like, reputation does matter yes. but it's not the only thing that matters and i feel like nowadays it's this thing where if you don't have representation in your thing if you don't see yourself reflected in it you just can't identify with it at all and i feel like that closes us off from so many things that like what what stories are supposed to be, which is supposed to like be something you can project yourself into, lose yourself in an escapist fantasy, walk a mile in someone else's shoes, not necessarily even identify those person, but be able to find elements in whatever story that they're telling that can apply to your life and have empathy in that way. But now it's this weird narcissism where it's like, if I don't see a black gay fucking person of whatever specified sexuality, then I don't, then then it's not diverse. It's not inclusive. And it's like, but there's another side of the coin. And again, I don't want to get too much in rants. I'm already ranty, but (laughs) even on that, that I just hate the idea that inclusivity has gotten to the point where we don't care about the people that excludes. For example, I used to be on the side of like, what's wrong with having a black person in, in Norse mythology? Uh, having Hemdal be 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 uh, having Hemdal be Idris Elba. That's mm-hmm. fine. I think they did a great job of recreating Hemdal as Idris Elba, like yeah. making that character his own, because Hemdal doesn't really have character anyway. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like Hollywood took the long wrong lesson from stuff like that, and it was like, oh, people like it when we race swap characters and now they'll do it all the time without any care or precision or 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 what seems like any creativity or vision for example i made another post recently about wesker being black in the god-awful resident evil remake and that's like bruh i'd rather if if him being black is your way of being like hey guys we're inclusive we made wesker black i don't want the the literal nazi of resident evil to represent black people i don't need that representation no. Like, no. <laughs> and no. if you're gonna do it don't make him look like bootleg blade like what are we doing where you're just checking off the box of like well he's black so that means you must like it right no that's not what we're doing that's not what that's not the point representation is supposed to be about but it's yeah. like this 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 broad brush they paint and it, it feels almost disingenuous pan- disingenuous it feels pandering yes it you know what i mean it's so it's like 
that's not the solution either. There, there's no. a there's a middle ground we're not hitting, and and just saying things like I don't like Black Wesker does not make you black. But the point I was gonna make before was as a brown person, a person of color yourself, I I'm sure you also can relate to the fact that it feels like as a minority, even though as a black person, black people will always say that black people will, and black people's opinions aren't a monolith, as in they're not all the same. Like every black person isn't the same. But God forbid you're a black person that has a a opinion that goes against the grain. Because as soon as I call out, like people like even when I even made comments about Reva online, do you do you understand how many black people basically thought I was an Uncle Tom and and, and shilling for her conservative right by just being like, hey guys, uh, I don't think Reva is the strongest character. Whoa, racist, sexist Uncle Tom. What? You, you know what? You know what's really funny. I didn't get a chance to sh- tell you about this, but literally, I'm just scrolling through my apps, and I literally ran into, like, three black content creators who all said something very similar. Someone someone said something about Reva and how the ca- the the, char- the character just, like, it, w- it wasn't interesting, and it's, li- and it's, like, there was very little substance to her, and then two other people, I think, were talking, talking about... She Hulk. One person was a casual Marvel mm. fan. They don't like, they don't go see a Marvel film every time that it's out or see the TV show every time that it's out. But she watched She Hulk and she actually thought that like it was very subpar and she wasn't like satisfied with it. So it's like, mm. it, it's, 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 it's a, it actually, there's a lot more people who are a lot more like minded than we think. It's just like, I feel oh, like. Oh, yeah, the, for sure. Yeah. It's a majority. Yeah, literally. Literally. Yeah. The majority literally. that can't speak are the. The Literally. vocal minority will shame them into feeling yeah. sexist or racist or whatever. <laughs> pick, but, pick a label. They'll, they'll label literally. you with it. <laughs> yeah. But basically, it's like they didn't have, like, they didn't have, none of them had bad takes and they all had, like, genuine arguments about it. It's like, it's all, it's all very, like, disingenuous representation and it all feels like it, it all, it, the most common theme with all of the Disney products lately is, like, men are bad. And mm-hmm. and women are and women are strong and flawless, and mm-hmm. it's like that's been like the common denominator. It's like they can do no wrong, and it's they're just automatically like good at everything. And it's like I don't want anyone who's listening right now to like mistake for where I'm coming from. It's like you can have strong female characters, but it's like we both love strong women. Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah, literally. But people want to argue and say that like, oh, we're not we're not for strong women. You can have strong women in, in in any in any medium in any form of media it's like just have them be 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 someone that a you ca- can su- someone you can be, a, su- be someone, a character literally be someone that you can <laughs> that you can actually like support and get behind not just like one half of the fandom like be like someone to get behind and then it's like arguments start out of nowhere it's like no don't be a talking p- a, a mouthpiece for uh twitter agendas yeah, like the, the when we get into She-Hulk, like literally they're just pulling things straight out of like Twitter quotes. Like it's huh? it's 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 remarkable how like on the nose it is. And I'm like, you guys, there's no way you're fans of She-Hulk. You're just you're just Twitter stands that somehow got a job working for Marvel. But before we get into that, I I just want to wrap up what I was saying before. Cause I went off like so many fucking tangents. Yeah. But all that to say that I realize ironically that. Like, I, I'm a nerd, and it's weird to come full circle as a nerd, to to be in the game long enough 
that I've gone from feeling like the ostracized, like, oh, this is the geek that nobody cares about. Oh, he likes Spider-Man and Captain America and all that weird shit. He reads his comic books. Get out of here, you fucking nerd. Oh, I don't want to date you. Whatever, blah, 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 blah. When nerd, being a nerd wasn't cool before the Literally. Literally. To and it, I, I remember those days where people would get chastised for, yes. for, for watching Dragon Ball Z, for liking X-Men, watching anime, liking Power Rangers. We were that generation of kids who grew up watching all these things, and we would get bullied for it genuinely. Now, all of a sudden, we're living in the modern era of being a nerd is cool, and all of the people who were ner- who grew up as nerds are being kicked out of those spaces for having a having an opinion for having an opinion that you don't that you don't necessarily agree with well that's what i was talking to you about before where i was saying that i feel like it's ironic that being a nerd became cool the cool kids took like nerdy nerd used to be a dirty word but the cool kids became nerds so they pro they appropriate the word nerd to be like hey i'm a nerd too and nerd just mean i watched one iron man movie i'm a nerd that's now being nerds mainstream now being nerds cool and then all those same people that adopted the term nerd turned around and pointed at the nerds that are still nerds and what do nerds do nerds have always critiqued shit they've always been the ones to be like oh i i think iron man and issue whatever of this was dumb i think his choice in civil war the comic was ridiculous i think civil war 2 wasn't as good as civil war 1 this is stuff that nerds talk about all the time that's what nerds just enjoy dissecting and debating things yep and when we continue to do that as mainstream ideologies start to permeate the things that we 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 consume and love when the mcu all phase four seems like it's really the twitter phase like it's really the twitter saga not the multiverse saga like kevin foggy said is the twitter saga <laughs> when we start critiquing those things just pointing out what i frankly when we get to she hulk again things that are so fucking obvious that i'm like how can you tell me that this is not blatant feminist ideology pandering how can you tell me it's not with a straight face here's what i want to say they're gonna but wait let me finish they're gonna turn oh, around yeah, go and ahead, they're gonna go yeah, they're going to turn around and say that us just calling that stuff out is toxic. So now the people that adopted the term nerd are now going to push out the actual nerds for calling out things that are intrusive to our nerd culture. And they're going to call us now a different label because now they're nerds. So what mm-hmm. are we now? Oh, now you're an incel. Now you're toxic. Now, and I'm like, I've lived long enough to watch the the resistance become the fucking... Uh, 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 no, I, well, yeah, the resistance become the republic, become the empire, and now I'm back in the resistance, like, yo, what happened? <laughs> How did we get back here? <laughs> well, now, the thing I used to love has become this empire. Disney has become an empire. It is everywhere. Now, the hot take is not being like, I love this. The hot take is being like, because remember before when you said we had to defend comic book movies? There was a time when we had to defend even good comic book movies. Like, this is good. Spider-Man 2 is a great movie. That shit's for kids. Now it's, everyone knows, Spider-Man 2 is great. Spider-Man is one of the most beloved and huge franchises of the entire world. Now there's no doubt Spider-Man 2 is an amazing movie. But back in the day, that was a kid's movie. But now... All that shit is out the window, and now we're the people going, hey, this shit is whack. And they're like, nah. <laughs> no, you're whack. And in fact, you're actually sexist and racist. Like, wait, huh? How did we get here? I'm, I'm the same nerd. But yet, it's like the bar moved. We, we didn't move. We stayed the same. But it's like this tribalism has become so rampant in our, in our community. Like, politics have corrupted everything. 
to the point where that divisiveness that that oh this fandom is toxic culture is now in every fandom and like that's so disingenuous to me to watch what the fandoms i used to love be torn apart by people that frankly are not like we I, i'm sad that as a as a community nerds stop gatekeeping because the second we stop gatekeeping is we let all these people adopt what nerd being a nerd meant and then we allow them to label us as somehow the enemy again literally so like how how did we get here how do we allow this by being too nice that's how we got here <laughs> by trying to be too empathetic Honestly, to our fellow and it's like is that is that not um the trojan horse is that not the exact same thing? Oh, absolutely. It's like, absolutely. hey, don't be mean. Let us in. We love fandom just like you. And the second they're in, oh, no, nah, if you don't like this, then you're sexist and something's wrong with you. Wait, huh? <laughs> what happened? It's, it's literally like instead of like bringing the horse in, you're, keep, you're literally at the castle wall keeping everybody out saying like, no, you're not allowed in the fucking clubhouse, basically. That's, yes. how, that's how it feels. But I was going to say, fandom fandom in, in this modern era feels worse than fucking politics because literally, like, oh my god. You you got two fucking parties that are literally eating each other over differences of, of opinion, and then that has carried over into our fandom culture. Those mindsets have carried over into our into our fucking um, fandom culture. And you know what's really, what's really um, interesting to me? is uh i actually made an analogy for myself and i was thinking about it really hard when it comes mm. to modern feminism i actually compared it to star wars so hear me out on this it's you're very pre- star wars i just made here, that analogy myself here, 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 <laughs> the here. prequels were actually brilliant here, here, said it. <laughs> yes so hear me so hear me out on this tell me if this makes sense so modern day feminists think themselves the hero the heroes of the era they think themselves the jedi of the era and basically they want to generalize that all men are the problem all men are toxic and the way that yes. i look at it is like they look at us like how jedi looked at clone troopers and that they basically they all seem to think that we're all built the same we're all capable of doing the same things kill and and killing and doing equal amounts of evil in the world and they're not giving us credit for that we all have in, are capable of, of independent thought of independent thinking making our own decisions knowing the differences between right and wrong but the way that they think that we operate mentally as men is that we're all programmed with those chips inside of our brains oh that, i see <laughs> and that we're all going to fucking execute order 66 on them at any given moment that's the uh. fe- to me, that is the best analogy I can give on the feminist mentality. Mm, okay, that's fair. I was, I was like, where's this going? I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I see. They think that we have that that mind control chip. Yeah, and they, I mean, they do. I mean, they, they. And again, Shield's gonna be a great example, but it it reeks like it drips with this condescension of like, you don't you hate men? Like, there's a level of like disdain and animosity towards men. Literally, that I think it's it's. It's good to see how apparent it is in She-Hulk because yeah. it's just a less subtle version of what's there in everything. It in Ray and to a lesser extent, I, I, look, I liked Prey, but even Prey had elements of that, like uh, He-Man, like Terminator, like like you could again, you could spend all day just going down, like uh, I don't know. Uh, 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 Boba Fett, like Hawkeye, like <laughs> like you can just spend all day going through every single thing almost, and be like, wow, every, it's it's exemplified everywhere. But my my ultimate point was, I keep fucking getting distracted because I'm I'm very passionate about this. But 
I had to decide what my responsibility was as a nerd in this day and age. Mm-hmm. Was it to be silent? Was it to say nothing? Did it to hold my tongue and not speak my opinion anymore because it wasn't the popular opinion or it wasn't the quote-unquote correct opinion? Um, and I had to really dig deep. And ironically, what I came to was, and I posted about this on my Instagram page, the, the, I, I pulled from what I think true nerds should pull from, which is... The, the fantasy we love. And I pulled from Captain America and his speech in Civil War. Um, not only the movie, but also the comic. Yes. Uh, and the comic is speaking to Spider-Man. But it's about planting yourself like a like a, like a a tree next to a river of truth and stand by your words, regardless of, even if it's the unpopular opinion, if you know it's right. And, I, and the fact that I had, to, I had to do a lot of soul searching because society at large doesn't want to ever talk about this, but this is conditioning because even me who I, I know I'm not racist. Duh, I'm black. <laughs> I know I'm not sexist. No. I know I'm not these things, but yet when, when people that you like, people that you respect turn around and start trying to throw labels at you. And, and I don't even get into how fucked up it is that I feel like it's the quote unquote progressive people, the liberal people, the people that are supposed to be the empathetic people, the, the not gun crazy people, those people, they're the, they're frankly the cruelest. They're the ones that will quickly label you and and cast you aside at the first fucking uh, 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 aspersion, the first the first fucking uh, straying from whatever ideology they're they're all beating the drum for. So, I turned to Captain America. I'm like, yeah, that's that's what I have to do. I'm just gonna speak my my truth, <laughs> even and it sounds so it sounds so crazy, Jeff, as a man to be like. I feel like the world is trying to silence me. So mm-hmm. rather than just be silent, I will, and again, we're going to get the She-Hulk, I will speak truth to power. That is the first fucking lines of that fucking show. And if that is not the most Me Too, Amber, like post Amber Heard, like, like she, I, could, I could close my eyes and there are moments where Jennifer Walters had that level of like, white woman privilege that I feel like Amber Heard kind of had every time she speaks during the Johnny Depp trial. Like, we gotta... We, get, we gotta get into it because that shit is, is mind-blowing. You wanna talk about She-Hulk now? You wanna jump into it? Yeah, and before we get into She-Hulk, I do wanna say one thing um, specifically about Stan Lee because I feel like it's actually really relevant to mm. this topic of conversation. So, the most common th- common video that I was seeing in the past couple of weeks was a vo- was a video of Stan, and you you've seen the the discussion that he had about how oh if uh if this hero was to fight this hero if the thing was supposed to go up against Spider Man you know um yeah yeah, yeah 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 so the the questions that he gets about who would win in a fight and then he goes proceeds to say that the the, the person that's going to win the fight is whoever the writer wants to win the fight and oh yeah it, for sure. And and that and what I'm and it's the same thing with television shows. People like to criticize that people like us like to criticize the writers for what they're doing, but it's like it's valid because it's like the writers are what dictate the outcome of any story, any form of media. The writers are the ones that the writers and the studios are the ones that are going to dictate the story and dictate the product that's going that's going to come out and it's the same thing with She-Hulk. It's the 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 writers are there propping her up in the, now, granted, in in her own show, yes, but at the same time, you're still diminishing Hulk. You're still like bringing mm-hmm. him down and like making him feel feel like less of. And it's very it's it's been very apparent yeah. since since Endgame that Hulk isn't Hulk anymore because it's no. like they they basically like they've neutered him and they've like he's not 
he's not sh- he's not super strong Hulk anymore. Like he is in body, but he's not in mind and in spirit. It's like he feels like a shell of his of his former self. And I was gonna say, I was also gonna talk about so so I was you know what let's get I, let's, I'd, I'd argue that Hulk is a great example of what feminists want men to be now. <laughs> yeah. I think like it's he's the perfect like from Savage Hulk to yeah. this smart Hulk. Yeah. Like he's what feminism is doing to men and what they want the ideal man to be. A punching bag, basically. <laughs> like just a, just a big old punching bag that you can talk shit to and you can be mean to and he'll just take it and he just doesn't see- matter. Just it's like, yo, what are they doing? <laughs> Alright, so wait, 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 we get we get into the review though? Yes, let's do it. Alright, let's get into She-Hulk. This is uh, the Blurred Vision Podcast returns with She-Hulk on Disney+. Plus. <gasps> wow! Jesus, what the hell, man? Still in control, no overwhelming feelings of rage. No! A normal amount of rage! You do revert back to Gen 4 when you sleep. Was the air horn really necessary? For comedy, absolutely. This is a multi-year journey you're about to embark on. Who's your best friend? Nikki. Spandex. Spandex is your best friend. Being a Hulk asks for balance. You have so much more to learn. Yes! So I'm clearly nailing it at all these things. If you want to go back to life as a lawyer, I, I respect that. He doesn't mean that. And for those that don't remember our rating system, because it's been a minute, uh, I'll drop it here. We here at Blurred Vision have a very simple rating system. It goes from poor vision to perfect vision. In the middle, there's passable, and then you have less than passable and more than passable. Thank you, Catchapon. Yeah, let's let's just talk about before we jump into the because I I want to go like basically beat for beat, but, but like especially episode one, I think we can literally just go because not not that much happens. So we could t- like literally dissect every scene almost. I could literally go beat for beat right now because most of my notes are literally like beat for beat from from episode one into episode two. Okay, so, okay, perfect. Yeah, and I want to just yeah. I want to just jump right into it with uh, dovetailing off of what you said about the state of Hulk and mm-hmm. uh, what they and something that I've been saying on the podcast forever, which is you don't have to diminish a man to raise up a woman. Not and, at all. And just to give my general thoughts before we jump into spoilers um two episodes are out so we're gonna review both episode one and two of she hulk uh just to give my general thoughts no spoilers um it is a comedy without a single joke that made <laughs> me laugh. a single joke actually I take it back one thing made me laugh but it was not a joke in the entire fucking two episodes i watched you know what made me laugh and i actually messaged you when it happened it was the way episode one ended almost oh, wow. in a parody like captain marvel fashion the end credit so- scene the end credit no not the end credit scene which is also like the both end credit scenes episodes <laughs> one and two were fucking terrible like not funny like they're supposed to be like the 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 end like punch the punchline at the end of a, a episode right. and not not funny at all and it, it just makes me think back to i'm sorry women i'm i'm just gonna be frank about this how many comedians do you see talk about women comedians aren't funny this is a team of women writers and a woman showrunner doing a comedy that's not funny. 
the comedy writes itself right there. Like, come on, like <laughs> the fact that it's not funny at all. And you can then you can argue like, but it's like, bro, I I I was ready to laugh, but nothing in this tickled my fancy. Um, and the fact that they change things from the comics. So this, 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 this I was gonna sh- I was gonna say I was gonna say. So I remember I remember from uh, what I know little I know about com- about the comic books, but what I do remember about. Did the you tele- watch the animated show? Because the comics yes. Is- I, okay. I yes yeah I know exactly what you're talking about and 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 I was gonna say I was I I was upset with the fact that like um Bruce Banner himself didn't actually get to save his cut co- save his cousin and help and like help her yeah. actually like with her process of becoming a hope because that was the whole point Jeff, um, Jeff a man can't help a woman what are you talking about <laughs> bull, bullshit <laughs> That's not possible bull, bullshit <laughs> People... Women have nothing to learn or gain from a man, you sexist. <laughs> oh my like that's that's the energy. This is why is, this is why permeates so this, the show. This, yeah, this is why chivalry is dead because women do not want help. They killed it. They, yeah, they killed it. They, they they stabbed it and they dare you to say something about it. Literally. And this this whole series so far is a great example of that. Because, yeah, just that unnecessary change to her origin, not only is it worse, it's nonsensical, it adds no value to how their relationship plays out throughout the first episode. It's only a change for the feminist agenda. There's no other justification. And in fact, it opens up so many other issues with how Hulk blood even... Like Hulk AIDS works. Like literally, it's like an infectious blood disease that you just if you throw blood in someone's face. So if so if he was fighting Thanos and he bled on Thanos, Thanos gets stronger. Is that what I'm understanding? <laughs> it, it, <laughs> like, it was it was literally. It, I hated the execution and I hate the pacing of the show because literally everything is going so fucking fast and you have no gonna... t- and you have no time for 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 actual genuine storytelling because you're just getting right into nitty gritty, gritty and it's like boom 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 and it's like the way that they execute executed the intro it's like one random fucking ufo to cause the, the wait, co- wait 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 wait! i didn't want to go full on this oh shit my i'm bad. just trying to give my general thoughts and then we'll jump into spoilers i got it, but, I got i'll it. just i'll just keep it tight yeah so but yeah like you said i was gonna get into that next the pacing yeah there's no way to connect to any of the characters in this there's nothing there's no meat to grab onto in the in, in the bones of this show mm. and it's it's the editing even in the action what little action there is in the end of the first episode there's an action scene if you even call it that you don't even see the impact of punches. It's so like, it almost feels like a legitimate afterthought. Like like they they didn't have the ending filmed correctly, so they had to piece together what images they uh, what shots they had to make a, a cohesive uh, finale. Because it, it just felt so fast paced, so arbitrarily cut together. I'm like, this is amateurish. Like literally, fan films have been done better than that. That's crazy. The CGI, I can't. I'm not gonna get too hard on the CGI. It, the Hulk looked good. She hulked. Her facial expressions looked stiff in a lot of places. So that took me out. So I could never even really like. There was never a moment where I could I could feel comfortable in a scene with her because her facial expressions always looked so bad. I would even say that Hulk's like. The only good things in this show are references to old shit. And Literally. that's the problem with new Marvel and new Disney is that they 
they have no merit on, on the new things they're making. All they can do is call back to the old shit and go like, nostalgia, nostalgia, nostalgia. Because even Hulk himself, like Mark Ruffalo has been in the game how many movies? But I feel like he's the worst here I've ever seen him. His acting ten, is so... Ten years. Ten years. Bro, his acting is so forced. There's, there are moments where he's talking where I'm like, is this like take one of, of you guys going back and forth? Because this is like... It's it's weirdly overacted in places, and then the writing is so amateurish that I feel like the relationship between Hulk and uh, and Jin they're written like kids. They're written like, yes. like two angry siblings. They are. That, they it, really but, are. But there's no substance. So I, it's like there's no way to actually like her because there's no like you're only told things about her. I don't expe- I didn't get to experience anything with her her job. I'm supposed to care about her job. I didn't get to experience anything with her and her friend and their relationship other than her friend just basically is a mouthpiece for the writer and constantly like uh praises her. So she's like the mouthpiece of feminism going like you're great, you're great, you're great, but there's no actual relationship there. There's there's no bonds between any characters at all. And and that goes back to like you said the pacing. So there's nothing in this show from the action, from the pacing, from the story, from the from the the effects, to uh, 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 even the dialogue, like everything about this show is subpar. And then on top of that, you have the very heavy-handed feminist messaging. That when we get into spoilers, we're gonna be talking all day about those things because it's so obvious and so constant that it's like. How can you not talk about it? You have to be brain dead. You have to almost go into it willfully trying to ignore these things or just being so, so in a feminist L.A. bubble because obviously that's where these people live because it Com- all goes back to Com- L.A. and feminism. I, I think the word you're searching like, – I think the word you're looking for is complicit. Yes, you have to be so complicit <laughs> to the, the, <laughs> the feminist agenda and, and be such like a male simp that you're just okay with terrible values being taught to kids. I, I, I think I, my age is showing because at this point when I see shit like this, I think back to when I was a kid and I was watching things like the the old Marvel cartoons. Yes. And yeah, you could be like here and there with some stuff a little bit like, oh, that's a little bit a little bit uh, a little bit raunchy for a kid's show or or that was a little bit hardcore for a kid's show. Ninety censorship was the best. The Not best. Yes. Because frankly, it was outweighed with great characters, great stories, and more importantly, great lessons. Literally. And all I see when I see shit like this nowadays is I see the kids that are watching this shit and being raised by the values they're teaching. And what are they teaching? That women can punch men and they should just take it. They can be violent and be mean. And they and the worst worse is these writers know it. They know they're terrible. They know they're writing her to be unlikable. They're writing her to be antagonistic. They're writing her to be uh, venomous towards Bruce for no reason. She says mean shit, and then he calls her out for saying mean shit and not apologizing. And then she goes, I don't have to. And there's no like, oh, she's going to learn a lesson at the end of the day. I get no sense that the, that the writers actually think there's an issue. 
they they're blatantly saying that yeah i can say mean things and yeah i don't have to give a fuck because you're you've got power and privilege bruce and i'm gonna speak truth to you that's the vibe i get so maybe at the end of this i'll be wrong and episode six of she hulk will end and it'll be like oh and she was an asshole that learned her lesson the entire time but so far i'm not getting that sense i'm getting the sense that a woman is just allowed to tear down a man say mean things to a man diminish a man's feelings and his experience and his life like on every level she's terrible to him and at the end of it is just a shrug and a ah that's Jin. it's like and i'm just being dear to this character and now little girls are gonna watch that and think that that's what being a strong woman means like get the fuck out of here bro like fuck this shit and it, to rate it Poor vision, like negative poor vision, like fuck this shit, like like I I, I can't give it lower than I, than I poor like I don't I don't know uh Daredevil I don't know <laughs> like I can't see it it's well, bad so right up so right off the bat um, yeah tell me tell me if I'm sexist or not no I was gonna say I was gonna say friggin I can't say that it's that that it's that it's passable so for me it's probably like less less than passable just because it's like. I don't, because it's like, Jen is clearly written to be condescending. She's written to have an ego and to be arrogant towards Bruce and her cousin. And basically they're trying to establish that, oh, she can do whatever that Bruce, it's, it's like the song. Anything Anything you you can can do, do, I can can do do better. better. Literally. Anything you can do, yeah. Literally. I can do anything better than you. No, you can't. Yes, I (laughs) can't. That is exactly how the dynamic feels between those two. And half the time, I can actually enjoy it for a moment. But then it's like when Jen goes back to like basically like acting like her condescending self, act like putting her ego on display, saying like, I can't, I can't do this or I don't have to do this. Or she literally made three points through that entire first episode saying that I'm basically better than you. I'm better at controlling. <laughs> it's not even basically. She literally just yeah. an apropos of nothing. So you're saying I'm better than you. Literally. I, no, I didn't say that. And then what's worse, and just because you mentioned it now, I'm, I'm going to say it now before I forget later. That scene was so fucking hypocritical because she makes a big deal about saying that I'm better than you. And then when he just pushes back a little bit and is like, no, actually, I'm not saying I'm better than you, but this, I'm just saying I have experience. She she flips it and then she's like, oh, way to be smug. Like, like he's the guy. I'm like, literally. What? Literally. <laughs> There was there was no there was no lack of 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 smugness the entire time and it's like but you know what I think that obvi- obviously that's being done intentionally because I think that's I think that's the whole po- that's what's going to be the whole point of the show is that Jen needs to learn humility she needs to learn to humble herself a little bit and I'm hoping I'm hoping that's what's going to wind up happening by the end of the show is that she learns a, a, to, to humble herself a little bit and understand that like, Oh, with great power comes great responsibility, you know? And like, I have... I'll make a, I'll make a prediction right now. Cause mm. I, I think that's supposed to be the point. Yeah. But I don't think they have the ability as feminists to actually take accountability on any level. Uh, they just don't. So what's going to happen is that's going to kind of be the point in the last episode. And she's going to say some throwaway phrase to Bruce. Like, you know, I really now I understand what it's like being a Hulk. And I, I, I appreciate you or I have empathy for you on some level. But there's going to be some like she's still going to be the best. She's mm-hmm. still going to prove that. But really, all I had to do was just believe in myself a little bit harder because I always had the power and I always had the capability. And really, if men allowed me to, I could have always been this great. I mean, it's already happening in episode two. She's complaining about being put in a position of power because like, I, I don't want affirmative action positions. But, but yet, 
the irony of that is She-Hulk is a show written by all women mm-hmm. in a workplace that is like literally specifically catering to that environment. They they sought out only women to write She-Hulk. Clearly. Not She-Hulk fans, but obviously by the by the virtue of the writing, mm-hmm. but just women who had the message in mind. So you're literally that you are a woman put in that position because you're a woman, and then you're gonna complain about being a woman put in that position because you're a woman. <laughs> Oy, but yeah, that's my prediction for the finale of, of She-Hulk. It'll be kind of that listen, but it's still gonna be tinged with like the, the typical feminine tropes of her being still the best somehow. And it's like you're, you're gonna half get there, but it's not really gonna be a, a full-on. Like retraction of all the the shit she said to Bruce in this episode alone. No, I'm sorry. It's like when you have a mentor figure, you're supposed to listen to the mentor figure, and it's like because you know what? It's also I can also get this from like a family a family standpoint because it's like hmm. I I know coming I know I ha- my my family my cousins like we have a certain dynamic, and it's like the youngest like to like stand up to like the older cousins because of like you know family history family history and whatnot so goodness no because that's the thing too it's like they don't really go into like their they don't really go into like their backstory and understand like how their family dynamic works or like or like anything we literally just like Mm. jump jumped right into everything and then it's like you know she she hulk's already here like right off the fucking bat you know and it's like we had no and it's like we she also she didn't go through the entire process of how most superheroes go through like uh hiding their their secret identity and all and all this stuff it's like she did the iron man thing she did the tony stark thing where it's like automatically like i am iron man i am she hulk that's what basically sums up <laughs> sums up episode 1 so yeah. so from a certain standpoint i get, i understand why they're doing that but at the same time she's not going through the same trials and tribulations that bruce went to and this is one of the things that bothers me is the fact that basically it feels like they've retconned the 2008 incredible hulk film and that film is like completely irrelevant now because of all the characters that they're being used in here right now, it feels like none really? of that. You think it's retcon? I feel like they're just they're just swapping out Edward Norton with Mark Ruffalo. Mentally, mentally, that's how it feels. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. I, I'm, I mean, I'm, they they even do visual references to that movie. Yeah, I know. When, when she was I, walking, I, when he was sa- walking toward Jane, I, when they were I fighting, know. He does I'm, like the little shoulder roll thing. I'm talking metaphorically. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm talking metaphorically retconned. Oh, but why? <laughs> but why? Oh my God! Well, like I don't want to get into spoiler territory because I want to oh, talk okay. about I want to talk about Blonsky. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Yeah. All right, fair, fair. We'll, we can save it then. Okay, cool. Are we gonna get? Should we? Oh, get, I, was, sh- I was waiting for your rating. What'd you oh, mean? oh, I said I said less than passable. Oh, oh, okay. That that so less than passable. Yeah, go, going off the first two episodes, I'm gonna say less than passable. Okay, then let me ask you what since you are more lenient on it what what was it about it that kept it from being poor vision honest well i mean honestly because like i'm watching episode two and okay. it's and it's like the Wait, first did you not finish i finished it oh okay. yeah I, I finished it i watched episode two and in a really weird way I honestly found Jen kind of relatable in like the first eleven minutes of the show. I li- I li- <laughs> the, the first like two seconds. <laughs> no, no, literally, I count. I counted down. I watched the entire first eleven minutes of that show, and genuinely, I honestly felt a little something for Jen because she she got fired for basically do- being punished for being a superhero. Spoilers! Oh my god, I forgot to say it, but yeah, we're uh, in spoilers now. It don't matter. Okay. It don't matter. 
No one cares. Uh, for fuck's <laughs> no sake. Cares. It's like 10 people listening right now. It's fine. <laughs> Any, anyways, yeah. yeah. So, okay. So, getting so getting into spoilers. Um, Yeah, I saw the first 11 minutes of episode two. And, you know, like I, like I said, Jen's basically getting punished by, by her old law firm for saving an entire courtroom. And apparently it affected the judge's decision because of favoritism and whatnot. Because, like, she saved she saved the jury which is bullshit you know because it's like because it's because it's like why should she she be punished for you know do doing a civil duty and i felt for her and then she's going through her entire process of struggling to try and find another job in another law firm who doesn't want to hire her because it's she hulk so to an extent i did sympathize for her and then having mm. to like deal with the it after yeah, I did. I genuinely did. And okay. then, and then, like in the aft, and then in the aftermath of of dealing with all that and having to face her family, and literally, there's a Chad in her family, and he's be- <laughs> and Chet. He- His name is Chet. <laughs> Ch- bullshit. He's a Chad. He's a fucking. I mean, Chad. that's that's yeah. kind of what the literally character. Is. Literally, he's, he's literally the embodiment of the uh, what she say the impotent men. Not impotent. That was the word she used. Omnipotent. No, not omnipotent, but that's a compliment. <laughs> uh, uh, fuck, what was the word she used? Oh, my God. Incompetent. Incompetent, incompetent men. So he's yeah. an example of incompetent men Le- it was that very, he praised. That was very, yeah, that was very on the nose. And I was like, wait, his name is Chad. His name is, and he's getting, and he's getting praised for being the fucking manager at Best Buy. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's, that's such, that's so mediocre. And it's like, if I was in Jen's shoes, like, I would be upset too. I really would. You know what? I, you, incompetent you, men, of course. You li- <laughs> <laughs> it, it, that, it, that kind of situation would bother me. It's like, especially like if I was like, you know, because I've been there. I've been through the struggles of unemployment. I've dealt with like getting a dozen rejections. So it's like in that aspect, I did find Jen relatable, you know, but then it's like. And then as soon as like we get into it afterwards and it's like all of a sudden, oh, she gets a job offer, but then she has to go and answer to like, (laughs) and then she goes to answer to her fucking like overbearing white man boss who only wants her because she's She-Hulk. And it's like that Bob, that kind of bothered me a little bit. It it really did. Cause like, oh, you just want me just cause I'm She-Hulk. So it's like, it's, it's very superficial in that sense to want to hire somebody just to have. I mean, that's, 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 it's the affirmative action argument. That's what that's supposed to represent, right? It's supposed to be the like, oh, you're filling a quota. Oh, you're doing a superhero law firm and I'm a superhero. So I'm the checkbox. Oh, you're doing a black, like a a black representation law firm. And I'm, I'm the only black lawyer in the, in the area. So I'm the checkbox. That's the only reason you want me. Got it. See, I get that. That's real. That does happen. Yes. But I want to jump back to episode one, but I want to talk about this point first. Yes. Uh, I hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I don't agree because mm-hmm. I didn't care. Not only because of the reasons I'm, I'm kind of joking about of like the seeing right through the things that they're like, as you're trying to endear me to her character by finally giving her some kind of emotional plight to work through. I can't help but see the fact that yes, Chet is just a stand in for the incompetent men. She was talking about episode one that get praise and, Oh, a man's getting praise for being subpar, but a woman could be a lawyer and she doesn't get the same level of respect. Yada, 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 yada. I get it, but that does happen. So I'm not even that mad about that on a deeper level. I don't agree because I feel like they didn't do enough in that first episode to even make me understand her relationship to her job. Like, Mm. There was they never, there wasn't even a second in the courtroom where we got to actually see her be a lawyer. All no. we got was the little Me Too empowerment speech in the beginning of the episode that it was I, I couldn't see past the fact that that was just 
Me Too messaging that ended with a quote-unquote incompetent man trying to give his opinion and then being shut down and then being shoot out the room because men shouldn't have an opinion with powerful women around. Like, I can't help but see that very obvious messaging that they're throwing in my face. That's just me. But when we get to episode two and she loses that job, I'm like, I don't know anything about that job that you even liked. The only thing I saw that was like a, a thing that I didn't care about it, but your relationship to your friend, but your friend follows you to the next job. So it's not even like you're losing your friend by losing the job. You haven't really lost anything that I, as the audience have cared about. Like if you spent that entire first episode getting me to care about that office, getting me to care about the people that work with her, like maybe they were like, you know, a small firm and she was like, you know, an underdog and then they lose, she loses her job. Then maybe I care. But when you just start the episode with like, Oh, she lost that job that you didn't see at all in the first episode. I'm like, I don't, okay. And then, it's like the dialogue and the characterizations and the character interactions are so basic and cartoony that when you get to those conversations with the family that I know are supposed to make you endear to at least her family life, I, I, not only did I learn nothing about anybody in that family, but everybody talks and acts like cartoon characters. Like I, And, and then at the, uh, even the dad, who I think is supposed to be the emotional anchor to that family, he doesn't have a personality beyond... Hey Jin, let me be the 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 passive and supportive man that you as a strong feminist need to venture issues to, and let me check in on you and say, are you okay? Let me know that you're okay, and like speak your truth to me. You okay? Okay, now we can move on. But like, there was no great. He's a loving dad. That's all I got from that interaction. Like, there's no actual. There's, there's no character. pre-establishment with anyone. There's no pre-establishing relationships with anyone. And that's one of the reasons why I don't like the pacing of the show, which is another reason why that affected my less than passable um, yeah. rating is because it's like you, they, what is her relationship to even Bruce and that? Like, what is the, the dynamic literally. between Bruce, her and that family? Literally. You don't even see it. It's just literally like <laughs> you, 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 it's like literally, it's just like you jump right in. No context, nothing, nothing. You're just expected to like, freaking know everything or like you're supposed to like get a get a feel of, of like what's going on without any fucking context and it's just like it, i i just it, don't like the i just don't like how the how the pacing works i don't i'm just gonna be frank it's amateurish writing there's no other way to say it it's it's writing that is like point a to point b but no substance mm. they and and their 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 focus is not she hulk their focus is not character or story their focus is the message. That's why it's in everything. That's why it's permeating every single scene, every line of dialogue. Because that's what they care more about <laughs> than the character they're writing about. And I can fucking prove it. In the very beginning of episode one, as like you said, the pacing's terrible. The way it, it starts and it throws you into that scene and like the, oh, we're just, we're just, oh you're a lawyer, me, hashtag me too, and oh, men are trash. And it's like, it's almost a throwaway, oh yeah, Oh, right. This is about She-Hulk. That's what you're here for, right? Uh, I guess if you really want to know about She-Hulk, here we go. Here's your She-Hulk backstory. And it feels like a, an afterthought. It feels like that's not what the writers actually care about in the same way. And you can, again, it's not looking too deep into it. As a writer myself, and we've spoke about this at length, you can see shades of my personality in my writing in the same way you can see shades of people's personality in their writing. That, oh yeah, by the way, let's talk about She-Hulk, is the same energy as Luke Skywalker looking at the lightsaber and throw it behind his back. 
That's the same exact energy because that tells you exactly what the writer fucking cares about. And it ain't She-Hulk. It ain't that lightsaber. <laughs> That's not the point. <laughs> so even right there, and then we launch back into that terrible fucking origin story. That's a bastardization of what was in the comics. So obviously you're not even, like, you can't tell me these people were fans of She-Hulk at all. Because yeah. if you're a fan, what do fans do, Jeff? What do fans do? They homage. Oh, they yeah. Trip, they trip yes. you. Yes. They, yes. I was what, I, what do I do every episode of Unworthy? You, you, <laughs> every yeah. episode, I'm like, this is yeah. a reference to this, and this is a reference to this, and this is where I pull this from, because I love this. <laughs> that's, I, that's the thing. That's another thing, too, that's a problem with like nerd circles these days, is that everyone would rather complain about fan service instead of enjoying it. Like... I like I get that like fan service can be overdone at times. You think people complain about fan service? I dude, I've heard a lot of complaints about fan service in the past couple of years with like a lot of like forms of media. Like people are actually complaining about like Star Wars, like the past like like literally the past mm. like the past the past two Star Wars films. Oh wait, you mean like bringing back legacy characters and stuff like that? Yeah, and uh, that and like do- doing like on the nose stuff like like Force Awakens. Force Awakens. People want to complain that that was all fan service. That it was all like beat for beat, new- a new hope, and at the same time doing so much fan service that like people were sick of it. It is. It is though. I mean, like at the time, I defended it more because I thought they had more of a plan and they were just using that as like a refamiliarization tactic to launch back into that world but yeah. turns out no they just had no so honestly they're looking back on it that criticism is right like that they had no real creative merit beyond just doing homages like it you could only make the argument that it wasn't if the rest of the thing had a plan and was good but it's not so clearly but so my, my point is I feel like that complaint only exists when it's the context of the writing doesn't support it if it's fan service for fan service sake, I complain too. Like that's just nostalgia baiting. That's what that's what She Hulk is doing. It's using iconography. What's the that's that's a word. I, I, don't know I, I iconography. 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 It's using iconography from She Hulk. It's using panels and it's using characters from She Hulk. It's pulling out nostalgia bait from She Hulk. But at its core, it's fundamentally different. And that's why yeah. I asked you if you watched the uh, the television show. I wasn't a big fan of the comic, but I did watch the show. And the show, I think, is a more honest depiction of what the comic book character was. And the She-Hulk that we get in this show is not the She-Hulk from the animated series. It's not, not the She-Hulk all. from the ser- from the, not the a, comic. Not at all. It's it. It's a She-Hulk that is like drenched in these feminist ideologies that are completely antithetical to what She-Hulk represented. She-Hulk represented at the time the ultimate. Was it fan servicey for the sake of the male gaze at the time? Yes. yes. But the majority of comic book fans are fucking men. men. It doesn't. It doesn't matter how much. Oh, it's only because liking things is a social construct. No, men gravitate towards fantasy because that's what just it. I could get into all. I could. I could literally. We could get into the differences between men and women and why men like fantasy and why women like the genres they like. It, it's all. It's, it's reality the television the kardashians yeah, that it's kind not, of shit but it's not a social construct that we like these things it's just the way our our minds are different and we like fantasy and escapism and things that have a certain logic and rhythm and it's and that's why women like rom-coms and all that shit and trying to merge the two under the pretense there's no difference between men and women is why we get these trash fucking that's why she-hulk is ally mcbeal plus she-hulk and not just fucking she-hulk because a real fan of she-hulk would make a great fucking 
overarching story because there are elements in this show that are good. Like you said, the elements of the even the the things that are kind of annoying and frustrating, like the weird like uh, sibling like rivalry between She Hulk and Hulk. If that was given more context, if there was more story and a build up between their relationship as Jin and Bruce yes. before we got to those scenes, it would make more sense. If there wasn't such a perme- permeation of feminist agenda of women have to be better than men and they have to be as strong as men and they have to they don't need to learn anything from men if there was actually a mentorship in the story just like fucking Ray and Luke should have had which is another great example of the feminists just can't allow men to teach women anything but if they actually allowed a true mentorship to fucking happen in the show it would be a fucking compelling story if you allow Jen to have weaknesses before she's fucking She-Hulk. She's already doing heroism and trying to save Bruce. It'd be more compelling if she was a weak woman, in quotes. A, women are just they're more fair sex. It's not, it's not sexism to say they're weaker than men. They're, they're, they're biologically less physically strong. If she was put in a predicament where she had to be saved, and then she got those powers, and now we're doing a Catwoman type of thing where the powers are empowerment for her because she gets to fully express her femininity. That's what she was originally about, expressing and indulging and loving. The, it was so weird because like we live in a society now where things like OnlyFans girls are put in a pedestal, and that's <laughs> kind of what She-Hulk was. That was the original OnlyFans yes. girl yes. of being like, oh my god, I feel so strong and so sexy and men can't tell me nothing what to do with my body she oh, look at it but she now hulk, it's like yes. nah that's not what feminism that's not what feminism it is now it's just oh i didn't choose to be this bruce you're forcing this choice on me with your my power ass. it's my like ass. what she's complaining about being she hulk that is the complete opposite of what she hulk is and if you read one comic if you watch one episode of the fucking hulk show with she hulk in it you would know the she hulk character enough to not write her as a modern day fucking feminist that's mm-hmm. the problem with fucking fan like fan content nowadays is that's not written by fans. Sorry, we're on a tangent, but that's my issue with episode one of She-Hulk from the very first scene going into the origin. I'm like, yo, you can't even allow her to have a moment of weakness to just become She-Hulk. Can't even do that. She's gotta, she gotta be empowered even before she gets powers. <laughs> like, 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 li- like, literally, I'm gonna talk about that first intro scene with the car accident and and yeah, ever and everything because li- so this is the issue that I have and I have to compare this to another to, to another scene. So going back to what Stan was saying about um, the writers have have dictate the outcome of everything. So yeah. y- you you but you remember freaking Godzilla versus Kong? You oh yeah, that. you remember that film? You remember how freaking Kong was strapped down to the fucking battleship at the beginning of the film? and literally had one hand tied behind his back while Godzilla was basically like taking him to town it was so one-sided and that and go and comparing that to friggin um the the first scene of She-Hulk with uh with Bruce already having like the his power suppression gauntlet on so it's so it's like literally you you've already gone and neutered the Hulk by not even having him be able to like use his powers understandably so but at the same time you basically gave tied one hand behind his back and but for no reason in such a contrived literally like 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 he has to put he has to as the scene starts he's already speaking like oh yeah and i made this thing like it's the last time we saw him he was always hulk so they had to like force in dialogue of like how he's not hulk now with this weird little device that the device in the very next scene that we see him in is just now it's gone because he doesn't need it anymore it's like yo 
It's like you had to make a whole fucking contrived reason for why he didn't have his powers in the scene just literally. to have him have not not to have it again later. Like, like they literally wrote, they literally made him to look so intentionally weak in that scene when the Hulk is literally one of the most powerful beings, even um, probably almost as powerful, literally as powerful as Thor. Hulk and Thor canonically are two of the most powerful beings in the Marvel universe, and you yeah. literally made put him in the fetal position and you freaking tied his one hand behind his back and had him get saved by his non-powerful cousin who literally i have this is one gripe that i have and people are gonna fucking give me so much shit for this for calling this out but literally the way that they they filmed that scene jen pries the edge of the door open to get (laughs) bruce to get bruce out of the car i don't care I don't care how much adrenaline is pumping through you. I don't care what your state of mind is. Like, you should not be able to pry a car door open at the very edge of a car. It's not logical. It's very nonsensical in that sense. If Jen was pulling up against, is pulling against the door handle the way that a door is supposed to work, then that I would understand. But the way that she's literally, like, putting her fingers in between a door... Nope, no human being. No Logic man. doesn't matter, Jeff. Women strong, women save. <laughs> and then it's like, I, what I hate it more than that, though, was the fact that, again, because that's like the pacing's so bad and it's all so haphazard and illogical that they had to put the words in Bruce's mouth as he's being rescued. No, Jen, don't. My blood. I'm bleeding, Jen. Don't. It's like, like huh? So, so it's like, because the audience doesn't know what's happening, so they have to explain that he's somehow the blood when it goes inside of her and i I even tried to rationalize it like do you remember incredible hulk where uh when uh the abomination became abomination and he bled into the leader's head like the 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 mixture he was making of like the serum to make abomination even more powerful it spilled and it went into his cut not hulk's blood mind you it was a it was literally super soldier serum concoction blood yeah yeah the mutagen that went in his head and started infecting him or whatever making him the leader right so I was like, maybe that's where they're going. But that's never like, when I read that scene back then, I didn't take that as like, oh, that means that anybody that gets the blood on them will become Hulk-like. And maybe they tried to explain it with like, because they're related, that's why the blood, instead of killing her, made her a Hulk. But still. It was, was too, too easy. To, to, it, was it was too, too easy. easy. It was too quick. It was too fast. Like, it was. It's, it all happened in such a contrived way. It was like, oh, I got a little bit of blood on me. Oh, now I'm the Hulk. And now I'm in a bathroom. And now men are hitting on me. And now I'm the Hulk again. And now I'm waking up. And now I'm with the with, with Hulk to learn about being a Hulk. It's like, yo, what the fuck? Like, the, the, there was a way better way to get here. And it was the fucking comic. <laughs> like the, yeah. You had it outlined for you. And you still couldn't do it. <laughs> they, literally, they literally just said, fuck the source material. That's basically what they said. They said, fuck the source material. That's, all, the, that's all Marvel is anymore, is, is fuck the source material. They don't care about I, the source I don't, material. I don't mind fuck the source material when you're, when you're transforming it in a way that makes it better. And yeah. there is, a, and I'm not gonna be the guy that's like comics are like the best form of entertainment ever, and it's perfectly written, and you need to follow it to the T. Nah, because a lot of times the best movies can always be better than the best comics, but it, it takes a good writer to adapt, consolidate, and to uh, transition from that medium to 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 the cinema. And I and- feel like writers now just don't. And like I, I'm not with the excuse that like you also shouldn't go the other way and completely divorce 
the new stuff from the comics because obviously the comics worked for a reason. So you should pull the best things from the comics and marry them to new ideas. But if you're just taking bullet points from source material to make your own new shit that's bad, but it's, it's packaged in a way. Like, if this show didn't have Hulk, you wouldn't watch it. No. Point blank. And, no. and that's the problem. It's like they're, they're starting from a place of like, we have these franchises, we have these big names. Let's just do whatever with it because we're gonna have an audience regardless. Not, not, I'm not realizing, frankly, just not caring that fans, the 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 audience that is going to show up for the thing that you're advertising because you're using that that franchise name, they have a certain set of expectations, and if you don't hit those expectations, they're gonna be upset. And rather than turn around and call those fans toxic for you changing. The, the thing that they, they love to the point where they can't recognize it anymore, instead of labeling them as toxic or something's wrong with them, maybe you should be placating the audience that you're that you're you're advertising to in the first place. Rather than just using it as a fucking vehicle for your own bullshit. That's what Hollywood's become. It's just become like Fuck the fuck the the thing that the point of this is. It's the point is the message. That's all that matters. Just replace Hulk with Hawkeye with Miss Marvel. With, none of that shit matters. It's the message that matters. It's like I would have found thought. I would have thought that it would have been so much more compelling to if Loki. No, not not yet. If if, if fucking if Hulk if 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 Bruce had hulked out in that moment in the accident and had to like save his cousin save his cousin from the wreckage and then we go into the whole thing of she needs a blood transfusion i need to save her life now she's a hulk and then we get into it like for them and their relationship i thought that would have served a better purpose than what we got yup what if here's an even more interesting take on what could have been a better show and the fact that we can both spitball a better show just by talking about it for 10 minutes just tells you a lot about the quality of these writers what if this was the vehicle? Because in episode two is a moment where he's on the Sakaar ship and is flying into space. What if there was a moment in the first episode where the old Hulk starts coming back? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. now he hulks out in the beginning, and he doesn't have control over it. And now he's trying to teach uh, Jin how to control. Like and the whole thing happens where it's actually the comic book, and she gets hurt, and he has to get blood transfusion. But now he feels responsible for making her the Hulk. And now they have to work together so he can not only teach her how to control her abilities, and she doesn't just learn about it and be a better Hulk than him in one episode, mind you. This is something that will happen over the course of the entire show. Literally, literally. But she also, by being better at him in certain ways, by being able to control her change more easily than him, it also teaches him something. Where now he, maybe, rather than thinking that he has to suppress the Hulk, maybe he thinks that, I mean, because they, they say they merged the Hulk's personality, but they really didn't. Like, as far as we've seen in the show, Hulk's dead. Like, the Hulk that we knew is dead. So, Hulk, the Incredible Hulk has been nerfed and neutered. Basically. No, 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 I don't mean nerfed and neutered. I mean the personality that he's yeah. talking about, the other yeah. guy. Yeah. Like, as far guy. as we know, that personality is dead. You know, so, you know what else? You know what else, though? But all I'm saying is, it, it, let the struggle be that yeah. he's once again trying to actually merge and we can see it now on screen rather than just it's a time skip and oh yeah i i fixed myself and now me and hulk are one but let's see that struggle and through that struggle not only does it make more sense why he might be jealous of her because they even tried to play that like oh i'm jealous am i jealous i'm really jealous that's fine because she does have things that she can do that he can't yes but 
make it make sense and then have them both learn a lesson along the way. But exactly. right now it's just like, no, nah, it's all one-sided. <laughs> it's just... she, she's, she's not going through the hero's journey, basically. It's like, no. oh, it's like basically it's like I'm so great. I can do whatever you can do and I can do it better. And it's like that's that's that doesn't make you likable. It doesn't. No. It no. makes you it makes self-serving. You t- it makes you unlikable actually. Yeah. Yeah, literally. But I was going to say another thing too, forget um <laughs> I need to know your thoughts on this. So the scene like immediately after the car accident where she basically like blacks out and has her little werewolf moment and um she winds up like waking up in the middle of the woods and then she winds up at that bar and she goes immediately to the bathroom and then the the women the the group of girls that <sighs> that find her inside of the bathroom. Let's let's Were talk, they all girls? Talk. Were they all uh, girls? I I, I don't I, know if they were all so were they all, were they all so, women? so hang so hang on i had on. i think one of them one of them might was have what was a was a transsexual woman i think how dare you how i dare think you? trans I women make, are women you you big i that was, make that was a test i that was a make, test you failed you're you're a bigot <laughs> okay i'm not saying i'm just saying that's the vibe that that i got that i got off of it and it's so it's like if i'm wrong i'm wrong and i'm sorry but no it's you're like, not wrong that was the point okay Okay. I'm I'm fucking with you, but that, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, they okay. Literally, word for word, word for word, they they see her and like she they they immediately assume that like either like she was assaulted or by a, a man, man hurt by a man. Like literally, I have it right here. I have the quote. It's like, girl, whatever they did to you, uh, they do not care about you. Or you don't need need him or her or them. So yeah, literally inclusive. <laughs> Literally, Message. literally, they were they were absolutely inclusive with that scene, and they made the point that it's like, oh, a man clearly has hurt you, and they are trash. Yes, or it could have been a they them, you know, it could have been Ezra Miller for all you know. You have no idea. <laughs> I'm, uh, dude, I fuck fuck Ezra Miller. That's all I'm gonna. I say. I mean, yeah, fuck, for sure, fuck, fuck Ezra, Ezra Miller. Miller. Fuck uh, Ezra but Miller. do you but do you respect his pronouns, Jeff? That's important. <laughs> You could say fuck Ezra Miller because he's a piece of trash that assaults women and kidnaps children and possibly grooms them. But if you don't respect his pronouns, something's wrong with you. Listen, don't be a bigot. Listen, don't, don't listen. Be a bigot. Uh, no, answer the question. Do you respect? Oh, I said him. Did I say his pronouns? Oh my god. Oh my god. I'm canceled. Oh no, Jeff, they're, ta- they're taking me away. <laughs> no, give me back my friend. He doesn't deserve this. Your friend's a bigot. He's going to jail. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> Uh, you know what? Here's what I'm gonna say. Here's what I'm gonna say. Oh if if you are not if you are not a respectable person, if you are not doing respectable things like Ezra Miller has been doing, I'm not going to respect your pronouns. It's that fucking simple. <laughs> the fact that, that that's I I agree with you, but the fact that that's a that's a hot take. Our society is getting real weird. Okay, <laughs> but that being said, yes, that scene was the most. And this is what I mean by like the people that told me, bro. That that scene with her giving that really venomous and antagonistic speech to Bruce, talking about being catcalled, that wasn't toxic feminism. You gotta watch the whole episode to get context. Then you'll understand that you're just being you're you're being a toxic man by saying it's toxic masculine or toxic feminism. I'm like, okay, okay, cool. And then I watch the episode and I see scenes like this. Bro, and this is just one example of like a dozen in the episode. But it's so on the nose. Like this is the message. Like even the, even after so even forced. after. Yeah. Even after even after what happened in the bathroom scene, 
where she's like waiting outside. And oh, and like, the first man she encounters is wants to rape her, basically. <laughs> literally, literally. I'm like, come on, man. Have you like, seen? But have we not seen those men before? We've we have. Seen them, we've seen them in Captain Marvel. We've seen them in Wonder Woman. Like, just throw a dart. Pick one. Like we, we just <laughs> that is every man in these hardcore feminist ideology based stories. Like, it's tun- just- it's tunnel vision. It's basically tunnel vision. It's like you only want to perceive men to be one thing in in your atmosphere. And it's, and the, it's like- yeah, it's the ultimate straw man argument of like this is the the representation of man we're going to provide that way. When we get to things like that incredibly forced speech to Bruce, where she's talking about being catcalling and literally she could die from just uh, not being agreeable to a man. Like, is there some level of truth in those, uh, like, abstract truth in those statements? Yeah, of course there is. Yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Like, I, uh, yeah. I, I would hate to be a woman in a dark alley and have a man that you don't know approach you and not know what his intentions are. Like, that's a very scary thing to experience. And but, and and honestly, it's like there. I get why they did that. I really do get why they decided to do that scene. Is because there are women who are victims of sexual assault. It happens. It happens every fucking day. And there are and there are probably women who wish they had the strength that She Hulk has to be able to fend off a man, to fight a man, mm-hmm. to hurt a man, to de- in order to defend themselves. What you just said is the point of this entire series, and it's it, that's a quote from the creators that this show was wish fulfillment for women. So that. It, is exactly what's happening in that scene where she's giving that speech to Bruce. That is the writer who is a feminist herself, who is a 40 something year old woman who's probably doesn't have a man because she's so fucking <laughs> like, I gotta speak for women equality. Like she's angry. She's bitter. And she's speaking through Jin at the abstract view of man. She's created antagonistic man. She's created. That's why Bruce doesn't even have a response. He just kind of nods and goes, Hmm. Mm, ah, okay and the point i know that when people say that like you need to watch the full scene to understand it i know what they mean is that by the end of that scene she is become her whole thing is about like i'm i'm infinitely better at controlling my anger than you and she's becoming the hulk by the end of that con- like, end of that speech because it makes yeah, her angry literally but it's like it's a constant game of this is the point but we can't stick by it for too long because we can't allow women to be Weak for even a second, like we, we'll we'll give it a little bit. Like we'll we'll talk about how you can say mean things and we'll acknowledge it. But she's just gonna, she's gonna apologize, but also double down on being rude in the apology. So in the same way, in this example, she's gonna say those things and she's gonna become the Hulk, exemplifying that she's not really controlling her anger fully. No. But in the very next moment, we're gonna take that right back because oh, she's the Hulk, and the Hulk Hulk goes oh. Mm, ah, see? You, you. And then she goes, oh, I did that on purpose. And she goes back to being Jen again and walks away. Like, oh, okay. So, my so ass. Like, my, so, my ass. Oh, okay, okay. Don't, don't, uh, don't, don't, okay. Don't, 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 don't play with me. Uh, don't, just, just be honest. Don't, like, denial is not just a river in Egypt. But I was going to say, I do, appreci- I, do, I do appreciate the fact that, like, there were moments where, like, Bruce was taking shit from her. But then there were moments where it's like he actually was, like, he was, like, you know, spent like fight like uh, but he really wasn't. 
Why? It was only it was only lip service because ultimately he never got the last word. He never no. actually got an apology for anything. No, it was always a, a, a double edged sword of an apology where it was like, "I'm sorry, but not really." Yeah, I'm basically. sorry you're wrong. That's Condes- kind of the energy for every single like apology. Sorry, not sorry. Basically, yeah, yeah, basically. I mean, yeah. even in episode two, where she calls him to get permission for taking the case with Leblonsky, uh, abomination. Mm-hmm. She, the 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 fr- and it's so like you're a on a like the writers are just bad people like so I'm like I I'm scared for the kids to internalize these messages because it's it's so flagrantly selfish and uncaring in its selfishness because she calls and they frame it in like a cutesy way but ultimately it's a it's a thing where she's like asking for permission to take the job. She's not really asking permission because she already decides that she's going to do it. She but, literally, then, all and, she did, all she did throughout that entire phone conversation with Bruce was literally just woman-splain to him the entire Justify time. why it was okay for her to do it. Literally. And then when he goes, well, it seems, I'm okay with it, but it seems like you've already made your decision. And she goes, literally. yeah, I already did. And it's like, that's just okay. Like, there's no, it, it's one-sided. So, like, they, they, they pay lip service to him having a spine. But ultimately, he just ha- he just takes shit, and that's just the way it has to be. And then they fr- and the story frames it in a way where she's not an asshole for it. That's what makes it so insidious because it's making it look like these really negative character traits are actually okay. So I'm like, I don't think they're gonna this is gonna end with a big like revelation that she's been a dick the entire time, and that that's been a problem. I I think that's what it's supposed to be the point, but I don't see these writers sticking to that lesson given what i've seen so far but no i was gonna i was gonna say if uh going back to that that phone conversation it's like if there's one thing that i cannot stand it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if you're a man a woman it doesn't matter i cannot stand a person who does not let someone get a fucking word in especially Mm. like especially especially in that aspect and i've had that done to me before it's like people love to talk and they love to get their point across and they will not let you fucking get a word in and i cannot stand Cannot stand mm. that mentality. Mm. Yeah, and they'll call you toxic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever. Don't man. To- that's that's, the, that's what kills me about this modern feminism. Again, I'm gonna say it's toxic. But feminism itself is necessary. Feminism itself is a good thing. You. And there was a time where women didn't have equal rights, and we needed feminism to get us there. That's the thing. That's but why we're past I, that. Yeah. Now we're in this third wave feminism thing where uh-huh. it's really about female superiority, not exactly. fucking equality. Exactly. So there's there's this, there's this constant hypocrisy where the same rules just don't apply to men, and women will flagrantly like will 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 do things, and then almost dare you to say something about it. Like even in this, where it's like that thing where it's like oh. Uh, I'm better than you. Actually, you're not. Like I've been doing this for longer than you, and that's a true statement. Oh, wait, be smug about it. Like, wait, what? Literally, like, that's, that's constant. It's the same thing that happened. Or, or the mansplaining, and like you said, she was she was mm. female explaining to Bruce. Yeah, literally, and it's like it's the same it's the same issue that freaking Hawkeye had, where it's like Kate Bishop is just mm. like this child prodigy. She's able to fucking take out an entire gang of fucking of of, maf- of mafia mafia guys and gangsters, and it, with 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 very little amateur training. But somehow she's she, able she's able to like fight all these dudes. She was like, fighting a Black Widow. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's that's crap. Yeah, I love right? like, I, I love Haley Steinfeld, but but it's it, it, it's not it's not believable. It's not fucking believable, and it's very self-serving. It Did really you watch Miss Marvel? 
No, I didn't watch Miss Marvel. Not not a single episode. Not one fucking episode. Wow, I suffered through six <laughs> episodes of that. I watched no. it all, and I, that was one of the things where I was like, "Do I do a podcast on this just to complain about it and then Literally. deemed a racist?" Literally, because it's like, but like, I I wouldn't bring that up because at least Miss Marvel, like again, the message took precedence over even the story, but it still had a level of like flair. And style, and point, especially the first episode was really well directed. So it had a like level of like flair and like individual identity that at least made it. I don't, I'm not gonna say interesting to watch, but it 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 gave it some kind of personality. That it still fell into the same trap of putting race and identity and all that shit before actual character. Like I miss yeah. the days when I, if Miss Marvel was done in the golden age of Marvel, mm-hmm. it would have been. A great character story first, and then oh, and then also she's Muslim. That would have been like the 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 bullet point at the end. Yeah. But nowadays it's Muslim first. She's a female Muslim superhero, and then the story second. And it, and it feels that way. So you don't you can't get attached, and it doesn't feel as as uh, accessible to people that aren't in that demographic. Which and I what, feel yeah. like. Yeah, but ultimately, you want these things to be accessible for everybody. You exactly. Want, you want toy stories where these are things that are meant for kids, but can also be enjoyed by adults and people of all ages, people of all exactly. demographics. And exactly. I feel like we're getting farther and farther away from that under the pretense of individualism, representation, and identity. But all that's doing is separating us, and it's taking away... Like, wouldn't you want somebody who's not Muslim to get into a character who is Muslim, and then it's like, yes. oh my God, I love this character, and they're Muslim, that's so cool, oh my God. Rather than be like, you only like this character if you're Muslim. Like, right, that's... wouldn't you want more people to enjoy the character? In the same way with She-Hulk, wouldn't you want all the Hulk fans to be on board with She-Hulk, to love She-Hulk, to be like fans of She-Hulk? Not shame them and mock them even in the first episode for being men Literally. and liking the things that make Hulk Hulk. Like mm-hmm. the, the amount of times she Hulk was like men, nah, nah. and Literally. like that would, like like if in done in a vacuum and in done in a, in a better story, that might have been funny. But mm-hmm. because you beat me over the head with oh this, they really don't like men. It doesn't come off as like a oh that's a funny like ha ha joke. It, it just comes off of like I'm making fun of masculinity. This is what you want, isn't it? Ah, it's stupid. It's like yeah, oh, okay. That's exactly how it fucking. <laughs> that's exactly how it fucking felt. And it's like okay, you you think you're being cute, but it's like you're really fucking not. And then it's like it's no. also it's also this thing where it's like they wrote it so that. Jen is obviously being mean, and then it's like, and then friggin' Bruce is just expected to fucking take all that shit. That's yes. shit that I deal with in my real life. I've dealt with fucking <laughs> with, with with women who choose to be mean to me, and then it's like they fucking they expect me just to sit there and fucking take it and deal with it. And speak they want to speak your truth, Jeff. Literally, they want to go. <laughs> no, seriously, it, it fucking pissed me off because this happened very fucking recently. That this this one this one girl that I'm that I'm talking to, she's genuinely fucking mean to me in front of like her entire audience, and freaking it's like she's saying like, "Oh, he likes it when I'm mean." I'm like, "No, I fucking don't." Like, oh, yeah, li- I remember this. 
No, literally, like I was, I was pissed off, and that's genuinely how I felt seeing that moment in that in that show. So yeah, deep cut, deep cuts were fucking felt. People will probably go and say like, "Oh, you're fucking fragile." It's like, no, I'm not fucking fragile. I fucking deal with this in real fucking life. So don't fucking tell me how I feel. Well, fragile and insecure are the words that we <laughs> use now to to dissuade men from speaking their truth to power. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> isn't that isn't that interesting how we we've we've we started to weaponize words to silence people hmm it's just so weird how that pendulum swinging so far to the other side and literally the, the same people that ask for empathy don't see that that's the thing that kills me it's the people that i was a white knight for the the groups of people that i felt like were uh marginalized by society i would take up the shield and sword for now i turn around and I, I mean, like I said before, I feel like the Star Wars analogy is accurate. I was, I, you say that they're the Jedi and they see us as, as the stormtroopers. As, as I, I almost feel like, I, I get that analogy. The way you explain it, it makes sense to me. But I almost feel like it's the other way, where we're the Jedi, we were the ones in the front lines fighting for women's rights, fighting for gay rights, fighting for equal representation and, and identity politics and all that stiff stuff, until one day... They got the order of like, oh, by the way, all the people that, <laughs> that fought for you. order 66. Yeah, they're sexist. They're racist. They're conservatives. Literally. Like, why? Because I don't think that a a man should be in the same bathroom with a woman. That a maybe a man shouldn't fight a woman in, in combat sports. That maybe we shouldn't erase women as a gender because we should respect and want to defend women no no i'm the enemy now got you okay <laughs> like that's what i feel like it's been happening in society so it's like yeah you say it's a reflection of how you felt in your own life and i feel like that's the problem it's that that hypocritical meanness is starting to permeate our fantasy and mm -hmm. it's a, it's a double it's a it's a it's a it's a double standard because yeah. she'll be mean to you to put you in your place, but if you turn around and just say something true, <laughs> you'll be demeaned as a toxic masculine man who is punching down and being sexist toward a woman. Like you know what I mean? It's like all these things that they will weaponize against you. But anyway, let's, that's, that's let's, a problem nowadays. You can't be you can't talk about this shit without being political on some level because they pushed politics into everything. Literally. That being but, said, uh, yeah. being a woman is uh to be angry and afraid as a baseline at all times how'd you feel about that line <laughs> oh god uh, i was like yo man come on dog i don't know how to feel i don't know how to feel <laughs> i really don't i mean did you even catch the line before the um the the big cat calling speech where i mean i mean i'm like this is how deep this dialogue goes Bruce says offhandedly that they're the only ones strong enough to protect the earth. And I, I, I was like, I had to do a double take. I'm like, did he just call earth her? Did you hear, did you notice that? He literally called earth she or, or her. We're the only ones that could protect her. That was literally what he said. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. And I'm no, just no. like, I, I've, I've always heard like the God is female thing, but I'm like, man, we're so deep I... in this feminist Feminism I'm, that even now Earth is a woman? Like, I get Gaia, I no. get all that, but, like, well, damn, you... Yeah, Mother Earth, basically. Like, that's always been a common thing, and it's like, I get that. I get I, Mother Earth. I yeah. get it on the surface level, but when you're... It's not a coincidence that they even had to shoehorn that into that. Like, you know what I mean? Even there, they had to be like, 
Wait, did he mention Earth? You better fucking call that Earth a she. We gotta make sure everybody I knows. <laughs> I I probably missed that part because like it's I real quick. It's so I it's, don't I don't remember quick. that part at all. It's I bro, really don't. I, I swear to you, it's it's blinking. You'll miss it. But mm. I, but to me, that's just a great example of like it's so deep that even there. They had to go back and be like, no, make that, make make sure we know that Earth is a she. Make sure. <laughs> make sure. <laughs> so let's get back to, like, some Easter eggs. Um, first thing I want to talk about is while they're on the island, um, first thing you obviously notice is the broken Iron Man helmet uh, in the in the bar. And it's okay. like, it lit- like, so I saw that, and that, like, that's, that's an Easter egg right there. Same time, um, I... It felt like another nail in the cough in the coffin that the old guard is dead and dying, and just to serve uh, the thematics of the show that basically like all of the old heroes are dying and and like it's it, it, it was it was it was sad in that aspect because it's like Tony Stark was really like the man he he was like the the guy of mm. Marvel and it's like I don't and it's like. I don't know. It made me a little bit upset. Like I felt for Hulk in that moment because it's like that mm. was his. That was like his best friend. You know what I mean? So it was like, yeah. Uh, those were those were probably the like I said the best parts of the show were just the references to yeah the old stuff. So yeah. like, like it's bittersweet because like you said it's like it reminds you of like wow the best days are behind us aren't they? Literally, literally, <laughs> exactly. That's what I was trying to get at. It's like you know like all like the good like like those those moments. And like all all those guys are like basically just like they're all gone, you know. And like it literally sinks in when you when you see that, and like yeah, that's, and yeah. not in a good way because it could be no. in a way that's like oh it's nostalgic like oh yeah. I missed that, but it's yeah. more because things have been so consistently shitty in general. Like I'm not gonna say it's all shitty, but the quality is definitely consistency worse consistently worse than it used to be. So it it yeah. makes you go oh man I wish things were were good again. But Here's you a, missed you. Yeah. You're jumping to that Easter egg. You missed the the most important Easter egg that even comes back a second time in the episode. Uh, you know, Captain America and his uh, virginity, bro. That's like the most important. Oh part of Captain my America. god! You know, you gotta you gotta bring all the old heroes down a peg, right? So oh, you gotta right. make sure <laughs> that Captain America and all and all Jen can talk about is is his ass. Like like really? But if you fucking catcall her, you sexist bitch. But she, can, but it's fine if she's got a, a cell phone that has Captain America's ass as the screensaver. That's okay. The, we can, we can again. The hypocrisy only goes one way, so we can definitely objectify a man. But let God forbid a man says, "Hey, you look cute." Oh, hypocrite, hypocrite. Yeah, bro, it's crazy. But, but that's a good example of like the jokes aren't funny. No, nothing. Not. Was, there was no punchline. No, I think like this was definitely like like this series whole series is basically like it's pandering to the the, the female audience basically, and um what was I gonna say what that aside that aside I yeah. was gonna say one thing that I have an issue with is like why are we calling Bruce Banner Smart Hulk and not just calling him Professor Hulk like he's supposed to be like I feel like that I know that's very nitpicky to like mm. point that out but it's like Professor Hulk <laughs> this is this is my is logic Smart Hulk not a Wait, but is Smart Hulk not a euphemism for for Professor Hulk too? That's not one of the names for him. I, I don't. That was. I thought that was a Disney thing that they did, like in uh, Endgame. They decided to call him Smart Hulk instead of just calling him Professor Hulk. Oh, so I thought I th- that was like an alternate name for Professor Hulk. 
Oh, is it? Was it really? Like, well, I like, know, like, like the Great Hulk's also like Mister Fix It and shit. So, like, maybe what the fuck? Yeah, oh. it's like his name that he uses as an alias. Oh. I don't know. That was just one of those like nitpicky things. I, I get. I, I get what you're saying though. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It could have just been like, oh, I'm a doctor. Like, you could have made a Doctor Banner joke and then got to Professor Hulk. That's literally, joke. literally. But, but that, but but Jeff, that would have required you know a level of wit, uh, some decent writing. Uh, more than one dialogue pass. I, you can't expect those things from a multi-million dollar television show. Come on, bro. <laughs> My ass. My ass. Instead, you know what? You know how bad the fucking writing is. How many times they talk about? And this is this is a uh, uh, a pet peeve of mine in particular. I hate scatological humor. Things that go back to poop, farts, and pee and all that shit. Oh, the, the burping, most... the burp jokes, the burp jokes. Are are. Is the only form of comedy women know uh, fecal matter and bodily function jokes? Because it's you, that, they, you just said the burping, uh, the fe- uh, the the pooping joke, the 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 best bathroom to poop in, uh, the yoga farting joke. I'm like, yo, oh what? my god, oh my what god, is this? And, and just this, the is, fact- this is funny. Women find this funny. It's just shit. Ha ha, poop. We poop just too. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> Literally, like I was so I thought that that scene was so cringe, and the fact that Adrian Chase is the one that's delivering the dialogue in that scene, I'm like, bro, what happened to you? You used to be fucking Prometheus. You were, oh my you god, were, that was Adrian Chase from Arrow. You didn't, dude? Didn't you remember? I messaged you. I didn't you. recognize him, bro. That was fucking Prometheus. Oh, what that a was, waste. Is he I'm be like, a villain? Then he's got to be a character, right? There's no way he's just a throwaway character. Dog, I'm pretty sure they literally just put him in to be fucking comic relief and tell poop jokes. Like, no, like he's oh how character. the oh how the mighty have fallen. Oh my god, that's trash. Dude, that dude, that that's Adrian freaking Chase who used to, who used to be Prometheus on Arrow in She-Hulk, and he's literally giving giving her a gift basket saying like, oh, there's a map to where freaking the best place to poop in the entire building. I'm like, are you fucking? <laughs> are you kidding? Oh, my me. sides are splitting, Jeff. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, are you kidding me right now? It's like, it's so stupid. It was cringe. To me, that's, that scene was fucking cringe. But there's no punch. Like, Is this, again, comedians have said this forever. Women aren't funny. Because where are the jokes? Just them burp. Like, the, the Hulk and She-Hulk burping scene, that was the whole punchline of the scene. Just them burping. I'm like, that's it? That, that's your joke? They burp. A woman burping's funny? What's the punchline? <laughs> Where is the funny, Jeff? Where is the funny? <laughs> no, no, literally, like, like, li- like, literally, uh, the the most, the closest, uh, the most closest and most rela- relatable I felt to this character the entire time was literally like the first eleven minutes, exactly the first eleven minutes but of why? the second of the second episode, because. Because it killed I- me. It killed me. The very first scene. Like, very. I really keep asking that because. In the very first scene of episode two, before they even go into the bar, they already pull a Batwoman. Where they're going, she Hulk, she Hulk, she yeah. Hulk. Yeah. And then she, Jen has to be like, oh, great. I can't even be my own person. I've got to be a derivative of Hulk. It's like, did you really just pull a Batwoman with like a, I'm not going to let a man take credit for a woman's work. Bitch, you are wearing his suit. Bitch, you are using his blood. You are gonna tell me that you you're upset that oh, I'm casting a man shadow because you got to the same name as him. Bitch, your skin is green. What do you expect people to call you? It's like that, is, and that just smacks of that whole feminism thing again. It's like, yo, it's 
come on, bro. Like you're, you're making it's so hard to like you. Here's a question. So hard. Here's a question because you know what this entire thing reminds me of. Do you remember the one episode of the Powerpuff Girls with fucking um, I think her name was Femme Fatale, and Femme Fatale uh... was like. Femme Fatale was literally a villain that was like all about feminism, and they would point and the, yes, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. and literally the Femme Fatale had literally turned the Powerpuff Girls into like their own like feminists because it's like literally like friggin' um she's didn't, pointing, didn't yeah. Miss Bellum had to fight her? I think so. Yeah, I think okay, Miss Bellum. Right, yeah. I think Miss Bellum actually had to fight Femme Fatale in that episode, and it's like literally, it's the same thing. It's like they or was took- that Sedusa. No, 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 it wasn't Sedusa. It was Femme Fatale. I specifically No, 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 remember. I mean Miss Bellum fighting her. I think that might have been Sedusa. I'm not sure. Oh, you know what? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I forget who actually fought uh, Femme Fatale. I don't remember who actually fought Femme Fatale. It might have actually been the girls. It's been so long since I've seen that episode, but I remember. I yeah. remember the themes and the message of that episode very prominently, and they were literally set, literally, um, she was talking about to the girls how like, oh, they're Supergirl and Batgirl, and it's like, oh, they're just uh, derivative from their male counterpart parts and whatnot they don't they, they don't <laughs> oh yeah literally when they used to use twitter like twitter-esque lines as yeah. like those were the punch lines yeah. those were like the oh my god it's one of those women ah <laughs> that's funny yeah literally now, now, now that's, they write that's what that's what that that's what that feels like in the aspects yeah. of marvel television it's literally being written by fen fatal you're absolutely right that thank is- you when you're right, you're right, and that's Thank so you. accurate. Like now, they're <laughs> everything is Literally. written by Fen Fatale. <laughs> that's that's my new head now for Disney. Everything is being written by Fen Fatale. <laughs> Fen Fatale is in charge of created at Marvel Studios right the, now. She's the creative director. Like she's the showrunner. <laughs> literally, literally. That that is my head now, and you cannot change my mind. Uh, I'm not. I think you're right. I think that's the only <laughs> thing that makes rational sense, actually. Oh my god. Oh my god. All right. So, uh, what else? Um. Let's, oh. let's talk. Oh, I'm Blonsky. Wait, I want to go. To, I want to. I want to talk. Wait, about wait, wait, wait. We're we're still out of episode one yet, my guy. Oh my god. We gotta talk about the the fight between She Hulk and a Hulk. Oh my god. What the fuck was that? First of all, <laughs> before they even get to the fight, the the sorry ass again feminism. Women can never be weaker than men. They gotta do everything perfect the first try. It's gotta all be easy to them. So there's no training montage. The training montage isn't even a training montage. It's a I can just do things better than you naturally montage. It's no literally it's literally like a pissing contest between the two. Yes, it's a big it's a big pissing contest. Yes, and in a different script and a different story, maybe that could have worked. But yeah. here it's just women are better. Women are better. Women are better. Anything okay, cool. you can do, I can do better. I can do I anything, do anything, anything better. better than you. I, I, I might make a meme of just that because it, it literally yeah. exemplifies that entire scene. Literally. So they they get to the point where, uh, I mean, even like their dialogue is bad. So even the moments where like they're trying to bond, they're talking about like, oh, but we can drink or whatever, and they're talking about like um, Tony Stark and. The times that were good during the bad times, like those moments were like little, mm, mm, yeah, like little, <laughs> little, little morsels of a better story. Like, yes. Oh, oh god! <laughs> just, those, like, those were the parts of the show that I genuinely did enjoy. Was like the camaraderie that was going on when they weren't fucking fighting and killing each other. It was like those are the moments that I were genuinely. But, but it wasn't enjoying. camaraderie. It was just throwaway mm. references to well, other shit. Yeah. So I can't even give it camaraderie. It's just to me, just felt because because there's no bond. Him saying those things to her, especially since we had already established by that point, she's kind of a dick to him and the people he cared yeah. about. Like yeah. you know, what I mean, he was a. It ended with the Captain America joke, so it wasn't like she. 
No! I'm not even... No, there's no camaraderie. Because by the time you get to the before the actual fight between Hulk and She-Hulk, she does that entire... Which was even worse than the speech they put in the promo of her talking about being catcalled and being able to control her anger infinitely better than him. Already putting herself on a pedestal higher than Hulk. So ridiculous. That's three. That's three instances where basically it's like she's gone the extra mile to say that I'm better than you. But then then it takes a step even further than that in the next scene before she gets in the car and he's trying to stop her from leaving. And she completely diminishes his entire character as a person like she marginalizes not only him being a hulk and being a hero she she puts herself being a lawyer on a higher pedestal than him being a hero that saved the universe that's crap do you understand that like that's such it, crap. it's so insane to me that in the same breath she's talking about how important it is that she gets back to being a lawyer and how she turns around and diminishes him basically belittles him for being yeah. uh, such an idiot that he let his life be wasted and that he 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 ruined his life by doing for others for 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 sacrifice and he says it again the writers aren't so unaware that they don't put it in his mouth too of being like hey like i didn't waste my life i chose to do what i did and it's a big responsibility doing what i did but does she actually come in terms of like wow like i was really out of pocket i'm so sorry no she apologizes and doubles down and justifies it in the same apology which he again acknowledges she's doing that as she's doing it but there's no actual like oh man yeah it's 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 infuriating because it's like yo you're tearing down this man's entire life and the choices he made because you're so self-absorbed you think that you're your life as a lawyer is is more important or more valuable than him? What? I'm sorry. I hate it when people want to put their traumas over somebody else. Like, clearly, like, Bruce has had his traumas and and Jenna's had her traumas, but she's putting hers above above, above her cousins, and it shows her lack of, of empathy towards her cousin. And you know what? It's also real. It, that feels real to me in that sense because it's like, I've dealt with family squabbles like that before in my own life yes. where it's like yes pe- people put their people put their own traumas o- over someone else or 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 family members who like who like to talk down to their older cousins younger cousins bigger cousins etc etc i've dealt with that in my in my own personal life those are real life things that happen yes but and this is the big but they did nothing in the show up to that point to give any reason to actually like Jin. Yeah. All we did was learn about how she is victimized. She is a woman that deserves better, and everyone tells her she's the best, or she, or, or, in some cases, she just outright says she's the best. But there's nothing, especially in the first episode, to even slightly identify with her about, unless you're already a woman again with an, a feminist agenda that already feels the way she does and can go yes, queen, to all the things she regurgitates from Twitter. That's the only person that can identify and like her at this point. So, yes, you're right. Her saying those things to Bruce in a vacuum, again, l- parts of the familial familial aspect of the relationship, of them being like like a, like a sibling rivalry type of thing, yeah. that yeah. could have worked in a vacuum if they wrote it correctly. But yeah. just having those elements packaged with all of these unlikable characteristics and you've given her no other characterization except she's basically pointing the finger at everybody else saying that they all suck except for her. I, I can't I can't rationalize that exchange as her just saying something that she might be saying 
out of pocket that she's just really mean. She's gonna she feel bad for her later. And in fact, they make sure that when she does apologize later, you know she's not really apologetic about it. So it's like, what? Are you, it's like almost like you're trying to make me not like her. So then when you get to the actual fight, what the fuck? Why are they even fighting? It was such a tenuous reason for them even to start fighting that it almost, it made me, look, and this is me being really real now. I've come out of an abusive relationship, okay? I've come out of a toxic relationship. Again, I am scared for the kids that are, because I've dealt with women that do this. I am scared for the kids, specifically young girls, that see the way Jen's acting and think that that's okay to do with a man, any man, brother, father, especially relationship, your lover, your significant other. Because she antagonized him to the point where they came to blows Literally. for no justifiable reason. Literally. And she put his hand, she punched him. Like, I was already, like, uncomfortable with him even, like, like trying to physically stop her. But then when she escalated to the point where she punched him, and then they start tumbling and fighting, and then there's no real resolution other than, like, a eh, shrug, oh, well, no. No. sorry, L- not sorry. No, it's Literally. like. Hands were thrown, and gender gender was thrown out the fucking window. They threw hands. They fought. Everything else was irrelevant. But the thing that stopped the fight was the fact that they broke the bar. That's what stopped yeah, the fight. That's, that's, what, that's what stopped the fight. You broke the bar. That's what <laughs> stopped the bar. fight. That's why I felt so childish. My bar! <laughs> My bar! My cabbages! Like, are you guys, like, six-year-olds? Like, who, who wrote this? It's not them. It's not, of course it's not the characters. It's the, the, the writers. But it's like... Are you so tone deaf that like you don't see the problematic implication of writing a story in which a empowered woman, her first response, when what? She wasn't even threatened. Like that's why it makes it so bad. But there was no justifiable. You could have found some reason to escalate to that point. Some reason. I don't know what, but it wasn't this. But for no justifiable reasons to start throwing haymakers at Bruce. Who is what? Just trying to get her to listen to him. Somebody that has experience in a, in a field she doesn't have. And he's trying to help her. But that justifies because she doesn't want him to use his male privilege and power to, to, to tell her what to do. She can just start throwing hands and that's fine. Because guess what, Jeff? People don't want to talk about this shit. But women will do this. Women will throw hands. Women will put hands on a man like this and then expect there to be no consequence. Expect there to be no retaliation and then expect exactly what happened in this scene, in this instance, to be what happens in real life. Where it's just, I'm a man, so I guess it's okay. Because I'm just so stoic and strong, I guess, that even though if you put physical hands on me, I'm just supposed to take it. Because that's what men do. It makes no fucking sense. But that's the lesson we're teaching kids. Yeah. And you know what? I, myself, have been there where I have had an ex-girlfriend put their hands on me. I did nothing. I did absolutely fucking nothing. Men can't. We exchanged. We exchanged words. Things were said. But she immediately puts her hand on my neck. That is not acceptable. At fucking all. Bro. I've been slapped. I've been mushed. If you don't know what mushing is, it's when someone puts their hand in your face and pushes you. Like sh- It's like a shove, but in your yeah. face. Yeah. I've had car doors slammed in my face. I've had things broken around the house. Look, and this is the dark side of 
the feminist agenda. Like it's it, you could you could be on the other side and be like, oh no, you're just an insecure man, and oh no, this is about female empowerment and all that bullshit. But like, it's dangerous, and this is this is the real world implication of that danger. And like, I don't like talking about real world shit in my fantasy. I wish we were living in a world, which was just ten years ago, where it it didn't have to get real like this. No, but there's a level of interrelationship issues that are rising in our culture and it's because of shit one-sided propagandist shit like this and it's it's unfortunate because they're teaching women to be she-hulks to be unapologetically aggressive angry to 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 trick women into thinking that they are as physically strong as men to lie to them and say that yeah you could be as strong as a man and put your hands on him and nothing will happen to you. You'll be fine. And, and, and culture protects women in that way because then it, as we all know, it does like uh, domestic violence and that shit only goes one way. Like a woman can put hands on a man and people will say nothing, but let a man even to try and defend himself and they'll call him a fucking abuser. So it's like the danger of shit like this again is that we're teaching the wrong lessons to the next generation. And like, if even one kid walks away from this thinking that this is the way that the relationship between men and women should be, or you can treat your male counterparts parts like this if you're a female, or, or even just, like, forget even the physical part of it, just the idea that all men are kind of your enemy. All, you know what I mean? Like, all, all men are either sexual abusers or they're or low-key trying to belittle you or pull you down and are there men like that in the world of course there is but it's this it's not a coincidence that we keep seeing these same tropes over and over again and unfortunately like pavlov's dog we're being conditioned as a society to believe that these things are true and that's why down the line in fandom it's dividing us sorry i got my my fucking soapbox <laughs> oh yeah bye. This anyway, is, you're, you're seeing six months to a year of me not talking to the podcast right now. I mean, you're oh my God. frustrated. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it, it's been a while. It's it's been a good while. Um, but yeah, move, moving on. I did want to talk about Blonsky because one thing that I was going to say is like, why? I'm like, what is with all the namaste? What is with all of the like? It's literally it's literally like dom- we've domesticated two hulks. We've domestic we've domesticated mm. Bruce Banner and we've domesticated Blonsky, who was mm. the abomination. At least at least so it seems. And yeah. and since we like haven't we've literally haven't seen Blonsky since two thousand eight Hulk film. We haven't seen him since then. We saw him in Shang Shang Chi, but apparently it's been established that the events of Shang Chi are happening at the same time as She Hulk. But basically it's like we see blonsky we haven't seen him in forever and like literally like my first impression was like he's gonna be so he's gonna be mean he's gonna be antagonistic he's gonna be like i i legit thought he was gonna be like hannibal lecter-esque when we were gonna go see him i thought i mean when she made that joke about yeah him yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah no i i generally thought that like he was going to have like this meant this 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 villainous ominous men- mentality and like yeah maybe that's me having my my expectations being high but like he wasn't even what... that in in shang chi no nah, well he I was mean, joking that i don't mm, i don't they, know. They, they finished the fight and it was like they were friends him and uh wong oh it well, wasn't yeah. even like 
It wasn't even like he was like, fuck you, Wong. It was like, a, all right, well, I'll see you next week, Wong. Like, it was like... I totally forgot about that, honestly. Because, like, I don't know. I thought I thought Shang-Chi was good. And, like, that that scene went by so fucking quick. And I was just like, oh, oh, hey, yeah. look, it's Abomination, you know? I like, but, I uh, like Shang-Chi. But, yeah, I like Shang-Chi. Um, yeah, I mean, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. You're, you're not wrong. Um, I thought like, the Yoga thing was more of a reference to, again, Incredible Hulk. The whole fact that... That was kind of how he was controlling the Hulk in that movie. Yeah. Like he was doing yeah. like the breathing breathing exercises. I thought but maybe it's that was like, a reference to that. Yeah, but then you got but, Blon- but then you got Blonsky who's like ex military. It's like he has an entirely different mindset and like all of a sudden Blonsky's like, Oh, I found new new spirituality and, and I'm doing haikus and I'm like, What the fuck happened well, to you, well, man? Let me I have a question for you then, because I was my hope is that he's playing Jin. Yeah. This is like him just like, you know, projecting what he thinks she would try and defend. And yeah. And play like the, oh, because he even, he even lied about like, oh, well, it was your super social room that made me go crazy. But it was yeah. really him that took it. So it's like, it, if maybe that's, he's lying. Yeah. If, if, if that's the case, then I was fooled. If that's the case, then I've been fooled. I've been had. Then, which is, see, which so is it's good because like, you'd be yeah. like Jin. Jin was also yeah. fooled. <laughs> um, but you're not wrong in the sense that that's a greater issue with Marvel at large that all the villains are just jokes. All of them. And especially, and I'm not going to say, I, I, I will say all of them. Yeah, I'm going to say all of them. But especially white men. Mm-hmm. White men yeah. cannot be intimidating at all anymore. They have to be brought down a peg. They have to be either destroyed, defeated, or, or whatever. So I just feel like, especially, I feel like Hulk and the, the Hulk characters represent strength so much that, yeah, you definitely don't want Abomination to be a strong, masculine figure. You don't want that. Get, get that out of there. Even uh, Thor. I, no, he can't be masculine. Make him, make him a kid. Yeah. <laughs> make everybody infantile. That's the only way to make men these days. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It, I, I truly think that it's bullshit that it's like you are literally like defeating the purpose of these characters. And that is to be the, the, the fucking Goliaths that they are. It's supposed to so they can be the freaking like the, the strong men that they are. They're supposed to be the, 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 the unstoppable forces and the immovable objects. And you basically domesticated them into your fucking pets. <laughs> That's I mean, She Hulk straight up beat the Hulk in that fight. Like it wasn't even like a. You know how they used to do a thing where like when two superheroes fight, they would always find a way to to end the fight before it was like a definitive ending. So we knew, we didn't really know who was stronger. That yep. used to be like the thing they always used to do in everything yep. superhero related. But yep. now the message is more important than you know salvaging the respectability of a superhero, especially a male superhero. So, nah, we gotta let the Hulk be straight up defeated, effortlessly, mind you. She was just clapping. Like, it was just fun. It wasn't even hard. <laughs> like, it was just, yay! Hulk is defeated! <laughs> and it's like, yo! That, so, yeah, was... of, of course you can't let, let, let Blonsky be powerful at all. You gotta make sure everyone knows that the female is the strongest. Listen. Bar none. That is, it's not just, I don't just see Blonsky now, because it's like, I see Tim Roth. I see fucking Pulp Fiction Tim fucking Roth. Mr. Yeah, Orange, he Tim. he's not even acting like, like, just like, um, fuck, what was the movie we just saw that made me feel the same way? Uh, fuck. If somebody just saw that, I was like, it doesn't even feel like the same character. But he doesn't feel like the same character. Oh, duh, Thor, Love and Thunder, which I, we didn't uh, talk about, because we- Was he in that? No, 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 no. Um, oh. Uh, Natalie Portman. Oh. She she didn't feel like the same character from the previous movies, just like gotcha. him and this. Yeah, he doesn't yeah, yeah. he doesn't feel gotcha. like the the Leblonsky from those movies. Right. He, he feels like a campier version. 
It's like they literally watered down everything. Yeah, it's like, it, are they doing it to try and appeal to the? I know. I'm not. I'm not trying to make an excuse. Like maybe they're trying to appeal to the kids of the next generation so we can reset no. the MCU. No, because no, this is let, not for kids. This, this is explicitly for fucking middle-aged women, but it still has the fucking writing level of a child. So it's literally. not for kids. It's just that the writing is so bad, it feels like it's for kids. <laughs> It's like they won't just let villains be villains anymore. It's like they have to fucking like neuter them in, in, in entirely. And it's like they won't they just won't let villains be villains anymore. But you know what? I shouldn't I shouldn't I, I shouldn't speak too soon because literally we got to the end and yeah, basically like Blonsky broke out of broke out of prison, so I'm very, very eager to see what he's gonna do next, considering that he literally like it apparently he put on a show and now he's broken out of prison. So I'm very curious to see what's gonna happen next in the next couple of episodes. I, I'd be amazed if there's a, a competent fight scene. That'd be yeah. that'd be amazing because there was no fight scene in episode two, and episode one had the worst fight scene. Well, the Hulk one I guess was like passable in terms of like it was edited decently. But that last fight wasn't even a fight. Like it was like legitimately fan film level where they didn't even show you punches land. Like they cut before the punches landed and they show the villain who was again a random chick that they didn't explain at all go yeah. flying across the fucking courtroom. It's like oh okay. Like the the show is so bad at being a courtroom comedy that there was no comedy and there was no courtroom. They didn't they didn't even have a courtroom scene in the courtroom drama or the courtroom not, comedy. Not even. <laughs> Not even. It was so bad. So every level it failed to me. It's just bad. Just bad. Yeah. Um, oh god. That that I think yeah. I think we basically covered like everything. Um double checking my notes for the second episode. Uh no, yeah, but yeah. talking about the hypocrisy of calling to ask but not really asking the gross ass fart and poop jokes that are supposed to be hilarious, I guess, because the only comedy women understand, I guess, is bodily excretions. I don't I don't know that's funny. And, and then and then literally the the immediate the immediate oh! the immediate oh. shipping of, of Hulk off into space, like at the at the end of episode two. I'm like like it's like so now he's just gone. So now he's not even in in the show yeah, anymore. I heard he was only in two episodes. I'm wondering if that was the second episode, technically, him just leaving. Yeah, yeah. He literally just he just took off into space. No, no rhyme or reason. They literally just freaking they they have the UFO uh, serve as the catalyst for Shield's transformation, but then immediately use it to get Hulk out out of the show entirely, probably never to be seen again for the rest of the series. Probably, probably just pop up in some other thing where it's like yeah. they half-assed explain how he got there and where he's going. I've seen people speculate it's gonna be um, son of Sakar, like the son of Hulk, maybe. Which is like, who cares? I don't even care anymore. Like they've 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 killed Hulk's character at this point. They've killed Thor's character. They're just killing all characters. And you mentioned um the villains being terrible. That was always a Marvel problem, but it's gotten so much worse. You didn't see Miss Marvel, but like. Miss Marvel legitimately had the worst villains that weren't even really villains of any Marvel anything I've ever seen. Weren't so they like, just, I, it's just all getting just, worse. Weren't they just people? Yeah, they were just dudes. <laughs> like one one guy had a belt. That was his weapon. A, a, wow. A belt he would hit you with. Wow, <laughs> really? <laughs> so, so wait, so let me get this so straight. Bad. So so let me get this straight. They used they used a belt which I was which I listen, I was one of those kids when I was a bad kid. <laughs> 
my mother yeah. would immediately Same. yeah Same. yeah you know exactly where, where i'm going with that so they literally that's how that's where we're at right now people we have we have normal general gen, generic villains using belts as a as a, as a weapon like it's it's just come bad. On. like it was it was again talking about fan film level the fights in that that didn't have visual visual effects which was those villains mostly because they didn't have powers it was it was fan film i'm like yo this is what's happening to medium media in general um i was gonna mention i'm looking at my notes that uh even i mean you said you liked the first 11 11 minutes of the second episode yeah i i couldn't get into it between the, the terrible bar scene and the terrible cartoony family scene but even I was even offended by the conversation between the father and her in the back room at the end of that family scene where once again they even diminished the Hulk there by being like oh well uh, well at least you didn't destroy a city a her a her a her I'm like you you know he's a sitcom dad he, right he, that dude's a yeah, sitcom yeah yeah dad. he's from yeah. uh, I forgot what I saw the black nerd Say he's from something. I forgot. I forgot what it was. Stranger too. Ties. No, that's not it. Oh, some, um, um, some Family Ties. Family, family ties. ties. I didn't watch it. Family I didn't ties. watch that. I, did, I didn't watch it either. But I, I know what they were talking about, though. I mean, that's that's a cute little Easter egg. But that's what it's for. It's for that. It's for literally <laughs> that. Spoilers, guys. Influences are paid to lie to you. So that so yeah. Instead of talking about any of the things he could have easily criticized the show about, instead he says it's great fun, and he highlights the fact that, you know, not that Hulk is being diminished as not only a character and a man, to the point where, those are like, the reason why this shit feels so, cartoony and inconsequential now, because they make light like at the the message is so important that they would. Rather placate the message by undermining Hulk to once again put She-Hulk on a pedestal. But to do that, they don't give a fuck that they're basically marginalizing the 9-11 of that world. Like, Hulk destroying cities means people are dying. The times Hulk talks about, which are like the only times they try and get serious a little bit, but they don't even stick stick with it for more than like a, a, a line, are like, if the world sees you as a monster, you'll never be able to get over it. You'll never live that down. And it's like, that's supposed to have weight because he's killed people accidentally as the Hulk before. He's been a literal nuclear bomb in fucking like, uh, uh, populated areas. It is supposed to have a real gravitas toward that. But yet... Fuck that. We in world will basically be like, at least you didn't make 9-11, Jen. <laughs> and laugh about that tragedy. The tragedy of people dying just to make Jen seem better. Like, are you it's that that that's that's the same energy as in Thor Ragnar or Thor Love and Thunder, where they had the um but but actually this is worse. Because at least in Thor Love and Thunder, it was just it, it wasn't at someone else's expense, but they had the um the restaurant or the, the, the snow cone place called Infinity Cones. Do you see that Easter egg? No. Like when they show, because it's supposed to be, Asgard's supposed to be Disney World, basically. Like they, they, the joke is Asgard's new Disney World of the MCU. Oh, God. When they show all of the like little shops, one of the shops is called Infinity Cones, and it's got the Infinity Gauntlet with an ice cream cone. And it's like, ha-ha, on the surface level, but then you think about it, 
you don't know like the average person might not understand why that's like a why is why is that so stupid to me why do i hate that on a visceral level it's because it's the equivalent in our world of a in disney world especially making a, a ice cream parlor titled holocaust hobbies or something like, you know what i mean some insane like it's some insane tragedy and you make a pun about it and make it that your 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 marketing tool it'd be fucked up would, and that's what yeah. they're doing in the MCU's world. So what's so what's really doing is it's making the the real consequences of the MCU feel like cartoon events. So nothing that, has weight. Nothing is, nothing feels real because everything's like a joke now. <laughs> literally, that's one of the reasons why I think that the Netflix series were vastly superior to what we're getting on Disney Plus is because mm. they didn't take that kind of shit Ugh. lightly at all because you still had people talking about how entire buildings like were destroyed and how that dozens of how thousands of people hundreds of people died and they still talk about that you saw that in Daredevil you saw that in Jessica Jones every single Marvel show on Netflix always talked about that and did mm. not take that take that lightly like that that was literally nine nine eleven type stuff where it's like people that people that 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 mattered and it's like yeah yeah literally you I'm, know, and on that note I'm very worried about Daredevil in the show oh god extremely I was worried before but now after seeing the show I'm like especially hearing the what the creators or the showrunners said about it like oh we've already seen Daredevil be serious now we're gonna make him funny in this oh show. god. What's funny mean, Jeff? Like, before the show came out, I was like, all right, well, Daredevil's been funny in the comics, but what does funny mean to these people? Because uh, I haven't seen a single funny thing yet. <laughs> so. I, I, I'm calling it now. I'm calling it now. I guarantee you. I guarantee you they're going to make some kind of a blind joke in there. They're probably gonna be. They're like literally just as uh, not not Jessica. Jen. Jen is gonna is gonna fucking say something like, "Oh, you didn't see that." It was like, "See what?" That uh, that type of thing. I guarantee. The most low hanging fruit of a joke possible. <laughs> I guarantee. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. Yeah. That's that's what's gonna happen. You're probably not wrong. It's not gonna be funny. I know that. It's no. Gonna be some some really like you said like the most easy blind joke possible. That doesn't get any kind of laughter out. Because, like, before we talk talking about She-Hulk, I guess, uh, the post credit scenes and how neither of them are funny. I mean, we mentioned the Captain America one with, uh, oh, Captain America fucks! <laughs> I'm just Dying. like, I was literally just like, what the fuck, man? It's just like, <laughs> like, why? But again, if you fucking sexualize a woman, how dare you? A woman is worth more than her sex. Fucking bigot! Don't you even don't you objectify a woman? Meanwhile, let's just make a whole fucking running gag about did Captain America fuck anybody? It's like, was that really a question? Like, was that really a question anybody had? Do you really? No. 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 <laughs> At the same time. Honestly, no. <laughs> I honestly, honestly, I really didn't give a shit. Like, seriously, it's like I would have like I didn't even know. I'm like, like, why did I need to know if if, if Captain America had sex or not? Like, why did we need to know that? These are peak uh, subjects of comedy to feminists. If a man's a virgin and the bodily excretions that come out of her body. Those are the two things that are fucking side splitters to feminists. That's <laughs> just hilarious. <laughs> it's not funny, man. Feminism is just not funny. It doesn't... I think, like, you have to have a, like, a lack of a sense of humor 
to be that self-righteously progressive. I think it's the only way you can, like, exist. It, it just has to be. It's the only way to explain why it's just so painfully unfunny. Like, it, it takes effort to do a thing for over an hour and it elicit no laughs in a comedy. <laughs> Not a single laugh. <laughs> no. It's, I, it's I, almost I, impressive. <laughs> no, I definitely wasn't laughing. Like, straight up, any time that, like, Bruce was able to, like, display some sort of dominance against uh, She-Hulk, that's, like, who I was rooting for that entire time. Yeah. So, I guess uh, we'll move on, but I want to... I'm not going to make any promises. Again, this I feel like this podcast is more therapy than podcast, but <laughs> to, to the five or ten people out there listening right now if you want us to come back and review more she-hulk and you want the podcast to be regular again you know maybe i can convince crystal to come on here and give her perspective as a as a as a whammon about these feminine perspectives we're talking about maybe she can weigh in um but i'll give you guys a challenge three emails five if i five for sure we'll come back but just three. If we can get three emails, we'll come back for uh, for next week to talk more about She-Hulk and the, the the rest of the series. Which I'm hoping. I mean, hey, we could be wrong, man. Who knows? Like, it could get better. Probably not. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that hasn't been the trend for any of the Disney Plus shows. Not they get at worse. All. Not Every at single all. one. Literally. So it's like, ugh. Like I I have yet. Like the only one that I've genuinely enjoyed so far out of all of them is probably WandaVision. Because I think WandaVision was, like, the best one out of all of them. I think WandaVision is definitely the best, easily. Yeah. And it's, like, even the ones that are good... Have you rewatched any of the Disney Plus shows at all? Or have, like, the... the even the the motivation or, like, the desire to want to watch a scene from one of the I, old shows again? I really haven't. I, like, Falcon... You know what? Falcon and the Winter Soldier was good too. I liked Falcon and I liked and I liked um WandaVision, but I think I liked WandaVision a little bit more. Just Falcon because... Falcon and Winter Soldier fell apart toward the very end. I think five was a great episode and then six was like very meh. And I think six now with hindsight, looking back on the last episode of Falcon Winter Soldier, it it was like a warning of where we were going. Cause like it had all of this like self-righteous indignation about the black experience in America and it was like coming off the heels of the George Floyd stuff and like it felt it felt necessary on some level to address that stuff at the time but then when you look back at it it didn't really have a message not like to mention the, not not to the, mention you had a female antagonist who basically had, oh. you had if you had this you had a you had this female antagonist who does not who doesn't appear as a strong villainous woman who has no remorse for her actions no accountability ba- no accountability and basically feels like everything she does is justified and and that the problem was the story itself like just like with Jin and her being mean to Bruce and the story frames it in a way where it's like, no, she's not actually wrong for this. Not really. In, in the same way, if, uh, I forgot her name. But yeah, the, the female Carly. Terror- Carly, Car- Carly, the terrorist in the Falcon Winter Soldier. Yep. She was a villain, a terrorist. But because her cause was basically, the cause was literally representation. It was mm-hmm. literally many voices, one world, one voice, one world, and it was like it was like a racially diverse terrorist organization. But like the messaging felt very what it feels like the inclus- inclusivity argument is now, 
So it felt like even though she was a terrorist in that world, because the message also promoted diversity, she was still framed as like a, 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 a like a hero almost, like an anti-hero. Or and when she died, it was meant to be this whole tragic thing, even though she wasn't likable and she and her cause wasn't really sympathetic. But they tried to make her seem like this fucking martyr, and I'm like, no. But then hmm. even more so, Steve Rogers and the speeches he gave. Like I mean, we started this, I started this podcast with talking about how the plant yourself like a river or like a tree next to the river of truth. I can apply that to my life. Like that's something that I can take with me into the real world because it's a good lesson, which is literally what stories are meant to be, which are fables, which are uh, tales, stories with lessons at the end of the day, moral lessons. They should make you reflect on your life and be better. That is the ultimate purpose of these stories we tell each other. That's why it's not its not just entertainment. It, these, these are modern-day mythologies. These are things that are important. These are our culture, writ large in, in fantasy. But we get to the point where, 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 where the, the final speech happens in Falcon Winter Soldier, and what was Sam's message? I'm not being rhetorical. I'm asking, what was his message? Uh, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I zoned out for a minute. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, oh, pop shit. quiz, oh. motherfucker! Oh, oh, what shit. was the message? <laughs> I'm not. I'm teacher. I'm not ready. Oh shit. Um, wait. So wait. Whose message? The, Who's what message? was Sam's his big speech at the end of Falcon Winter Soldier? What, what was the overall message he was given to that senator? That basically that white man has to do better for the country and to not create to, that literally like all he said was like, you need to do better senator. And cause like apparently like he's just making excuses as to like why these people are doing what they're doing and not giving any like genuine reasons as to like why they shouldn't be doing what they're doing. That it's was like, the whole message. That the, was the, it. Do better. It was Do better. Do better. That was it. Pandering. But because it's a black man, telling a white senator it's not about the what the words are it's about the message and the message is a black man is holding an old white man a crusty ass cracker accountable for his actions yeah black lives matter that's what he wanted to say i guess that's what what it was (laughs) but i can't i can't take that with me into life like do better white people that's not like it's this victim mentality thing that we're pushing, but like that's not gonna make anybody better. That's not gonna provide hope. It's not gonna motivate anybody. No. Like I can't, I can't fall back on that in my darkest times and pull from it as like a a a truth of like a a a, a truth that can give me strength. Do better, Senator. <laughs> Do better. <laughs> oh my God. Well, speaking speaking of fables, maybe we should uh, maybe we should switch gears now and uh, let's uh, and uh, doing and doing better. <laughs> yeah, 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 and doing and doing better. We, yes. How about we switch gears and we uh, we get into something that we are both very passionate about. Um, Game of Thrones is back on HBO Max with the House of the Dragon series, and Jordan and I have seen the very first episode. And I think we're going to talk about that right now. Yep, just to prove that we're not sexist and hate everything. (laughs) (laughs) The dream. It was clearer than a memory. And I heard the sound of thundering arms. Splintering shields and ringing swords. And I placed my hand upon the iron throne. 
all the dragons roared as one. I consider the matter urgent. That of your succession. Well, who else would have a claim? The firstborn child. Rhaenyra. No queen has ever sat the Iron Throne. The king has an heir, Daemon Targaryen. I will not be made to choose between my brother and my daughter. Rhaenyra's succession will be challenged. Knives will come out. You are the king. Your duty is to take a new wife. I have decided to name a new heir. I'm your heir. War is afoot. Do you think the Ram will ever accept me as their queen? A woman would not inherit the Iron Throne. Because that is the order of things. When I'm queen, I will create a new order. Oh man, so where do we begin with House of the Dragon? It's it's on so you and I you were actually the person who got me into Game of Thrones. Unworthy in itself <laughs> got me into Game of Thrones and I you were you were so giddy the first time that I watched it. Like at like literally you you were enjoying seeing my soul die every single episode where it's like, Oh, I like this character. Oh no! They killed this character And that was literally like what was going on for like I think like a month and a half of me indulging myself in the eight seasons of Game of Thrones just to see how it fucking fell off towards the end. Uh but now we have House of the Dragon out now and I'm enjoy honestly I'm enjoying it so far like it's been a little it's a little bit underwhelming with the first episode just because it's like there's not too much going on but um what what I what what was I gonna say I feel like uh what what do you remember what uh the the female the female's name is supposed to be Aeneas Aeneas Targaryen was that her Bro, name No I do not remember <laughs> any of the names Oh my god so, so I'm yeah. not I'm not the one to be like remember that name no I don't I'm gonna okay. name, I'm gonna call everybody what their story reason for existing uh, is <laughs> all right so we'll just call her Princess Targaryen for now okay um, new so, Danny all right. new Danny new Danny yeah so I find that she's like she's very soft spoken um because it's because it's basically it's like I don't know I this 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 one didn't it's a complete 180 though from like you know she hulk and freaking like all the other storytelling that we've been getting lately and initially i remember you saying like oh this is gonna have like some girl boss elements and like freaking um it's basically gonna be like a lot of female pandering but it did but it didn't feel that way um uh wait before we get into let's let's are you giving your rating oh um yeah give your rating and and just off the first episode so you liked game of thrones just to give your recount of your experiences because i talked about my experience at length on the podcast before but, so you like Game of Thrones up until the end, or you liked it all the way through? Or? Oh, cripes! You want? Oh my God! You want my rating on actual like Game of Thrones? I like, mean, just just real quick. Like, did you like the ending? Did you hate the ending? No, it's no. Okay, so it's it, it it's more than passable. Game of Game of Thrones for me is more as, a, as an entire series. As an entire series, it's it's more than passable. Like, like, yeah, literally like, okay, it, here's what I'm going to say. If you want to go up to like season seven, that's where I'm going to say it's like, it's, it, 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 it's definitely more than passable, but season eight was definitely less than passable. It was like pass, pa- passable at best, less than passable minimum. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah. Literally. Cause it's okay. like, 
because literally because literally it's just like they could have done so many things things could have been done so much better and then it's like just like the fallout of it all it's just like it put a bad taste in my mouth yeah um but yeah th- things could have been done so much better and it's like I, I saw so much potential for where they could have gone with the end of that show but it's just like and and just the fact that the showrunners decided to go off and do another project and like just do what they did with game of thrones i was very upset so overall as a whole i'm i'm gonna say it's it's so honestly i'm somewhere between passable and more than passable with game of thrones that's, that's interesting that's, yeah. it's because it's like as some because you binged it you don't i don't I, i'm just gonna assume you didn't experience the heartbreak of the ending as hard no you didn't have as big of a like a multi-year investment no and build up yeah you just plow right through it no They'd be like oh that's underwhelming but for uh, anybody that was like there from the beginning, it's like, uh, oh my god, it's the best roller coaster! Oh, we're getting to the top! Oh my god, we're there! Oh, uh, wait, what? The Night King's dead? Wait, huh? How did Cersei die? Wait, what? What is Daenerys doing on the dragon? Huh? Huh? <laughs> Red wedding? What? No, no, that was what was good. That was the roller coaster going up and up and up and up. It didn't get bad until like seven and eight, like. The cracks started forming like toward the end of five. Six was a little shaky, but had great moments. Like, wait, was was six Battle of the Bastards? Or was that seven? Oh, sh- that's seven. Seven, I'm pretty sure, was the Battle oh, okay. of the Bastards. Yeah, that's okay. Battle of the Bastards. Yeah. So yeah, seven was a little shaky, but had some great fucking moments, and then eight fell apart. <laughs> Just I hate Ramsey. Stop. Ram- Stop I, caring. I fucking hate Ramsey. Ramsey well, is such a But that's dick. when it was good. That's when you should yeah. hate characters. Like that I was know. like a they wrote him so well to be hated that much. <laughs> oh my god. Unlike, like Joffrey. Un- unlike some characters. Yeah, I miss the days when the bad the characters you hate, you were meant to hate. Yeah. Like they, they wrote them to be hated. Literally. Not they're just wrote written so bad you hate them. <laughs> literally. Literally literally. Um so your expectations were high or low for House of the Dragons? Um, I went in with like very little expectations because like I was curious to see a story about the Targaryen house and like how everything came to be because it's like the Targaryens were basically like non-entity. There was like no presence for them in the original Game of Thrones. So I was very curious to see like what their culture was like and like what their, their, yeah, like what their society was like with the dragons. And just going off of that first episode, do you know, there's only one thing I could compare it to, honestly, and it's not even a fair comparison. So... When I'm watching this first episode of House of the Dragon, it I love fantasy. I love the fantasy genre. I love medieval medieval elements, as you know. But the only thing that I could honestly compare it to was a Knight's Tale. You okay. you know a knight. That's the only thing I can compare it to because of all the jousting elements and whatnot. Like it felt like a more. <laughs> I, I, I and I know because it's Game like of Thrones a, had jousting. What? <laughs> I don't. I don't remember if there was jousting in Game of Thrones. I don't fucking remember. That's how long. That's how long it's. Oh been. wow. Yeah, but um, I was gonna say the whole thing. It felt. It felt like a knight's tale, but like just more brutal, and it's like more more blood and gore. And basically, basically all the things you come to expect from from Game of Thrones. There's there's sex and gore and and and, and um, betrayal and 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 all and all of this stuff. And I'm enjoying Matt uh, Matt Smith as um, yeah. as fucking uh, Damon 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 Targaryen. I'm enjoying him as Batty Batty so Bad Targaryen. That's his- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I am enjoying the show so far. I'm like I wanted. Um, <laughs> I can only call her Danny because I don't remember her name. 
but um it's fair. I, I, new danny <laughs> yeah yeah new new da- new danny um i'm i'm curious to see like where this is going to take her are we going into spoiler territory uh did you give your rating like uh, i thought you were giving your gist <laughs> oh shit well yeah over overall you know i'm a little underwhelmed with the first episode but i don't hate it and i'm just like i'm open i'm open to see what happens next so mm. For my first, for the first episode, I'm gonna say it's passable. That's what I'm gonna say. It's definitely passable. First episode. Mm, I, I, wow, I'm actually higher than you. I think so I was gonna give this, uh, like a more than passable. Mm. Um, I went in with very low expectations. I fucking mm. hated the end of Game of Thrones. I would, I would give the final seasons of Game of Thrones a poor vision just for what? how badly they damaged the series with retrospect. Um. It's one of those things where the ending was so bad it kind of unravels the entire series. Uh, but, like I said, I came in this with low expectations. And I, I we were kind of mentioning before, I was afraid that they were going to lean too hard into the, like we were talking about with She-Hulk, the, yeah. the feminist agenda ideology yeah. bullshit. Um, See, that's because the thing. They, yeah. Because there were, there were hints of it even in the final season of season eight. Where yeah. they deliberately sideline John just because it doesn't make sense for a man to be the main character at the end. Like, come on, bro. Like, it's fucking ridiculous. You're going to throw out all that foreshadowing and all that buildup just because it's like, no, can't have men be the one in charge at the end, bro. It can't do it. Just got to have women. Well, you know what? <laughs> so Let me double. Was... Yeah. Wait, what? Let me double back because when you do say that, I do say that season eight was less, was like, yeah, it season eight was like between less than possible to possible. But house of the dragon first episode i did like that more than season eight so you know what i will retract my passable statement i will say that it was more than passable i will say that okay so we're about the same then yeah um, we're, yeah we're on the same page yeah the only thing that kept this from being a perfect vision for me was the the fact that i i don't know more about the characters yet so i'm not at, like this is one of those things where like by the end of the season if the season's really good i could go back and rewatch this episode and if like if the writing is well done the things that were introduced in this episode will have been built upon and will be stronger for it by the end. So, yeah. like, like the first episode of Game of Thrones, I wasn't that... Like, I wasn't invested in the first episode of Game of Thrones at all, really, until the very last scene where you find out that Jamie and Cersei are fucking and they're yeah. siblings, and then they try and kill a kid. That's like the, like, whoa moment of the whole episode. Yeah, you know what? Because I, I do remember before I binged it, I do remember seeing the first episode of Game of Thrones, and it was just like, I was very well, I was whelmed. I was yeah, like, I didn't, I, I didn't know names, yeah. I didn't know the factions, yeah. I didn't know what was going on. I was yeah. like, I don't, what the fuck is happening? Who are these people? What is this story about? So it's like at the time, if I were to rate it, I probably would give it like a passable. But then with hindsight, I'd be like perfect vision because everything built from that scene. And we're like, there's so many things that are spelled out in that first episode that with hindsight and appreciation of where it's going, you're like, oh my God, all oh, the seeds were here. Even the White Walkers were there. I didn't even recognize that at the beginning. Oh my God. No. Like, no, I didn't. I didn't even realize that. I was like, yeah, like the yeah. Wait, those, wait, those the are White right, Walkers. The, yeah. the the foreshadowing of Ned dying was in the first episode. Jon Snow's heritage was teased. Arya Stark's whole fucking character was laid out. Like everything is there. Everything. It's so. It's such a good, a well written first episode that's so dense that you don't appreciate it as much as you could in that first viewing. So, that could be this episode, or if it's a bad season, I can be like, meh. It's whatever. <laughs> you, you know but, what I'm on, you know what I'm honestly surprised they haven't done yet or they haven't what? established um 
So, uh, new Danny's uh, handmaiden. So, clearly, they're supposed to be portrayed as... Definitely going to be lesbians. Yeah! I was going to say, it's like, I feel like that's what... You feel like it's not obvious to you. Like I can it, it, see these tropes a mile away. I'm like, it's it's clearly. very subtle, but, but it's very I mean, subtle. But that's why I don't hate it because it's like yeah. I have no inherent issue with same sex relationships. Obviously, I don't care if no. you're or whatever. But my issue is just the constant messaging of it. The fact that it's in everything. The fact that if you want to talk about representation, I mean, gay people are like one percent of the population total. What is it? Five, maybe five percent max, but yet they're overrepresented in everything. They're in everything, so it's like I can't help but not acknowledge the clear. Look at this. Normalize it. Normalize it. Normalize it in every single thing. So I don't have an issue with gay people being in Game of Thrones because that's been even in the original Game of Thrones. But to say that it's subtle, is it more subtle than it's been in other things? Yes. But to be like, I don't see it. I I still see it. It's like I get what you're doing. I get where this is going. And and the fact that, yeah, you know, she's of course she became the queen by the end. It's gonna, I mean, it's it, it's not gonna be, or at least at least, at least in this first episode, it doesn't feel like it's beating you over the head with like the girls are the best messaging. No, no, but, it doesn't. But the seeds are there where they could pivot that way if they want to. So I'm even by the end of this episode, even though I enjoyed it, I'm still worried. Because I'm scared those things that feel subtle right now that like the the message like being like is low key right now. I'm scared those things are going to become more pushed to the forefront as the show go show goes on. But in terms of the first episode, I feel like it was done really well. I feel like the even the relationship between her and that girl is done in a way that I can understand why they wouldn't come out and say it because the idea is that not only do they really want her to have a son, but up until this point, I guess there's been no female ruler. No. Even by the time you get to Cersei, there was no, there wasn't like, there was no pushback when Cersei became queen. It was just like, oh, I'm queen now. All right. Well, <laughs> it wasn't like, a, I, oh, never in the Seven Kingdoms has there ever been a female leader. It's just like, all right, yeah. So it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you all, granted, also, um, there was no one to oppose Cersei. Like anyone who tried to oppose Cersei would just like immediately be dead. Well, about Sansa, she became the queen of the North at the end, and it was just like, eh, all right. Mm, well, <laughs> yeah. Whatever, whatever. well, yeah, yeah. There, there is that. There is that. There is that. I mean, it's just weird that like I get on one hand trying to be like, oh, we can't be outright and say it because it's already not a precedent to have a female on the, on the throne. But maybe the idea is that 100 years it became normalized because of this? I don't know. But they did a lot of things where... Oh, but this is why... Okay, this is really why I'm afraid. Because I know too much. I know too much about what's going on behind the scenes of the show. So I think one of the cool... And now we're in spoilers. One of the best parts of the episode, the most shocking parts, was how they handled the pregnancy of the queen that ended up dying. Oh my god. Pain. That was, that was insane. Bro. And the way they handled it with so much nuance, with the father slash king being put in a position where he's outright told. Wait, so his whole thing is he needs to have a son to to continue his his heir, his, to, his lineage. Yeah, to continue his lineage, his legacy. Yes. And it's just the tragedy of like he clearly loves his wife, and like she clearly loves him, but they've been trying to have a kid. They've they they said that it's been multiple attempts, and they've all been lost. So it's like. They have and they have a great moment where they have like this really, like, 
relatable human scene between him and her where she expresses regret. She loves him so much, but she also expresses, expresses regret that she can't bear him the son and she feels shame for that. But he tries to like make her feel okay about it. Cause it's like, you know, it's, I love you regardless. And I know for a fact, this is, like he's so optimistic that like, this, this is going to be the one, this kid is going to be a son. I know it. And then the tragedy of she has pregnancies during, or she has a uh, uh, problems during pregnancy and she's going to, you know, it comes down to the choice and it's spelled out that, you know, sometimes this happens where you have to make a terrible choice. A father and husband has to choose between the child and the mother. And like, there's no right answer here and it fucking sucks. But this is what, this is the reality of what, you know, happens in the world. If you don't have the, the benefit of modern medicine, it's just, this is how it goes. And in a vacuum, that is like a really compelling story between the the love of a man and a woman in a time that's not our time and the the terrible choices you have to make in those very real world contexts and the dangers of you know a, a, a medical complication when you don't have access to uh, basic medical things that we have in our current age and like a true all the best Game of Thrones shit it's great like even how they go about it and he doesn't tell her like right away that what they're doing and she kind of finds out as they're holding her down to cut the baby out of her stomach and she's got to be awake for the whole thing and there's no there's no anesthesia she's got to feel it and like yeah and you're watching it happen you're watching the blood and she's screaming she's like no 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 and you can see on his face that it's literally killing him they have to do it but like what do you do you tell her hey, we're going to have to kill you now and rip the baby out your stomach. Like, is that better? I don't know. But it also sucks that, like, he's trying to calm her down as they're holding her down and she knows what's about to happen to her and she's feeling it as it's happening. And and then the be- the, the, the amazing direction and writing to have that be, like, the, the big character point for him moving forward where he's distraught. He's broken the rest of the fucking show. And you could tell he loved that bitch so much. And he had no choice. All of that great character development. He's not a bad guy. He's a good guy who had to, who had to make a terrible choice. He's not just an asshole king that just wanted a son. He really expresses remorse and regret through his acting. That he lost both his child and the love of his life. The, 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 the asshole hand tries to send him his daughter... To, to try and make him feel better by fucking his daughter. That's fucking weird. But he didn't want that. He was just like, I just, I just want to fucking... Did you, did you get that vibe? Friggin- that was definitely the vibe. That was so, definitely the implication. And there was oh no God. way it wasn't. But the fact oh that he God. didn't bite it, he, he didn't go for it. He was just like, yeah, I just want to be, like, to mourn my daughter. Or my, mourn my, my child. Wa- my, mourn, mourn my wife. Yeah, mourn, mourn my, my wife. wife. Mourn my child. Like, that, that made him an even more relatable and and likable character. It's honestly a breath of fresh air compared to fucking Joffrey. <laughs> yes, compared to Joffrey, I-, I would say that the breath of fresh air for me was the fact that they didn't paint him with a negative brush. Yeah. And they didn't very just go like, he's a bad man. He's yeah. the man. Because what they could have done, here's the point I'm getting to, what they could have done in the show, and I didn't get this in- imp- impression at all, but what they could have done, and I was worried about, I'm like, please don't make him an asshole man here. 
and just have him be like, I control your body, and what I say goes. I am the you, king. Yeah, I am the king, and I you will bear my child. You will give me my heir, and if you don't, you're a worthless woman. He could have done that. They could have oh gone that God. way, but they didn't. And that nuance is what makes the show so impactful and what makes the first episode so captivating. Cause I, I, I'm compelled. I'm not even compelled about the main girl, the, the new Danny. I'm not yeah. really interested in her as much Rhaenyra, as I am. Rhaenyra. Rhaenyra. Rhaenyra not, is actually not, her name. Is that, that's her name, Rhaenyra? Rhaenyra. Let's just, we can okay. call her Nira, but it's Rhaenyra. Rhaenyra, Rhaenyra Targaryen. Okay. I'm not compelled to keep watching for Rhaenyra. I'm compelled to keep watching because of Damon, uh, Matt Smith's character, and yes. the king. Those two characters is why I want to keep watching. I love the dynamic. It's like it's like it's like um it's like the Lion King. It's like um mm, yeah, Scar I, I, I want, and Mufasa. Yeah, is it is? It, but then again, the Lion King in itself is based off of Macbeth. Macbeth, right? yeah, it's Macbeth. Yeah. It's it's, yeah. it's Shakespearean. I love it. Um, yeah, and even their relationship is so nuanced. Like he knows his brother's an asshole, but at the same time, he still loves his brother. Like it's 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 layered complex and because of that it's it's well written and it's good it is is that it, weird well yeah, written I, and good right but, but but here's my point i know too much because as as nuanced as the actual show is and the writing for that scene and those characters are the showrunners i don't know if you watch the after talk like the game of thrones like no the, the after no show I, type didn't, of thing? I didn't watch it no they make it a political message. They they shoehorn, and so I'm like, I'm worried about the if if these guys write future episodes, I'm worried they will make shit black and white like later Game of Thrones was because the, the the message they're trying to get across, even though I don't think the show supports the message, the message they try to hammer home in those interviews is that that was a a uh, a what's what's the word? It's a the message of those scenes was about the abortion issue, about pro-life, pro-choice. It's about control over a woman's body. Yeah, that's what it was about. And somehow they made it seem like in the interviews that if pro-choice was a thing back then, he wouldn't have made the choice he did. He would have aborted the baby somehow, but that's not what the scene described. They described the scene in the show as he had no right choice that could be made, which made it more interesting. But they're like, no, he because he had complete authority over her body. That's a bad choice he made. I was I was thinking about that, too. Like when you were immediately bringing up like, oh, you know, like the whole the whole printing pregnancy thing. I was before you even said it, I was thinking about it's like. It's it, 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 they're playing that in a time where you know we had the whole thing with Roe v. Wade and yeah. you know and like most of the states are losing their rights to abort women are losing their rights to abortion and whatnot so it did feel very like it did feel very almost political political in a sense seeing that pl- seeing that play out so I was thinking about about that um, before you had even said it but continue mm. no I mean you're absolutely right when I was even watching the scene I was like oh, are they gonna go that's why I was expecting them to go. Oh, he's bad for making this choice because he has control over a woman's body. I thought they were gonna make him like the surrogate for all pro-life, like you know, arguments. Right. And they didn't do that though in the show. But no. yet, the showrunners and the people that like even the actors who are all obviously actors are always very activisty when it comes to uh, issues outside of the shows. Now, they they really try to paint the picture that this was a big, like 
propagandist type of message about being pro-choice. And I'm like, if that was spelled out in the show, it would have been worse for it. Like, it would have been... I would have walked away from the show being like, of course. We did it again. And that's the problem with this shit. It's like, it's so... It's not only is it not subtle, but you... It's it's pandering, but even worse than that, it's condescending because they don't even think you're smart enough to make your own cognitive, like, thought. Like, they have to spoon-feed you what they think the moral should be rather than take the scene as is and then come up with your own conclusions. And painting that scene with the he man-bad, pro-choice-good narrative, that's a great example of this political shit ruining great storytelling. Because if I didn't know that, I would, I would like that scene even more. I still like the scene, but knowing that, that that's their interpretation of it, it, it drags it down for me because now it's not even it's not it's not nuanced anymore. It's not gray. Now it's like clearly it's black and white. You told me straight up like your intention was nah man bad. It's like yo that's the problem with this shit nowadays, man. Y'all think people are stupid. Like <laughs> y'all so self righteous. Y'all think everybody is stupid and you're the only moral voice that should speak. That's what we come to. So I guess it's a good thing that I didn't watch the the BTS of the show because it's like I see everything you know I take everything at face value. That's usually how I watch things. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's like I didn't see that uh, when I'm watching it because it's just like I see a man who's whose wife is in labor and he's dealt with a tough choice to choose either between his wife, his child, or to lose the both of them. That's how I saw it. Oh, and then the moment where. The, the child is born and he's like it's a man it's a boy he's like oh well at least there was something that came out of this and then the next scene is the little baby and the, like, the corpse the little baby wrapped up corpse like oh no it was so it was so well done and written so well and then when he goes off on his inner council when they're all trying to figure out who will be the next line of secession and he's like, I will not let you talk shit about my wife as we're Bro. sitting. I was like, yo. Yo, yes, king. Yes, king. Yes, king. Yes. Please. Please and thank you. Yes. I'm like, yo, that was, but I, thank God for House of the Dragon. Because it, it, it did blow away my expectations based on how low season eight of Game of Thrones went. And I just hope that they maintain this. Like, they maintain the nuance. They maintain the strong characterizations. They do more with Rhaenyra. I don't, I don't mind that I don't love her in the first episode. I didn't love Jon Snow in the first episode either. So, like, let me... If, if, if by the end of the season, I am more endeared to her, and I'm rooting for her, and even her girl, like her would-be girlfriend, the, the servant girl, I'm down. Mm -hmm. I don't... I don't I, if, they, if, if you write it well, and you execute it well, I'm game. But you know just, what? I will say I will say this because I was gonna say one of the things I did like about Game of Thrones was like the openness of of sec everyone's sexuality. Like um, I liked it, I liked the dynamic between Oberyn, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Henry 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 Baratheon, um, Sir Loras, and and his and his wife who eventually um, wedded Joffrey. I love their I love their their dynamic. And um, I was very upset when the clergy came in the next season and basically like dismantled that entire establishment. Yeah. Um, you know, so seeing that uh, Rhaenyra 
has a relationship with Al- with Al- with Allison. I'm curious to see how that plays out because I honestly think it's sweet because like I see them holding hands and like they're obviously very close friends. So it's like I'm curious to see where their relationship goes in through throughout the the the, the rest of the season. Okay, are you are you, are you like me though and you feel like Rhaenyra in terms of the main characters is probably still the least interesting right now though? Honestly, I'm just waiting. Honestly, I, as a character, she's very underwhelming. Um, just because she really hasn't done anything yet. So far, so far, she's established that she doesn't just want to be a princess. She wants to be a fighter. She's and Arya. Can, she's just Arya again. I can, res- <laughs> I can, re- I can respect that though. I really, yeah, I don't, can't, I don't have a problem with that no. trope of like a girl wanting to be a fighter. Yeah, that's, that's whatever. I mean, it's it. Exi- I mean, Arya. Literally, Arya was that. And I love Arya. Yeah, so I love Arya. Like, I love Arya too. And I feel like that's where like they're going with it through she, her character is to like so she's not like this sub- subservient. Wait, uh, let me let me put a let me put a little asterisk next to that though. I okay. love seasons one through five. No, one through six. Arya, seven and eight started getting fucking ridiculous. That's when feminist Arya started. Like, mm. there's a, that's, a, that's a weird thing. There's like a delicate balance between a strong badass female character that has an arc and is also strong, and a feminist icon character that is flawless and uberly powerful for the sake of being strong and uberly powerful. And it's like Arya went on that spectrum. Like, she started on the right side of it and then ended up on the far extreme side of it. I hope the same thing doesn't happen. And Daenerys even kind of did that too. I'm hoping Rhaenyra doesn't follow the same path. No, no. Danny straight up was on her fucking like feminist shtick. Like Danny fucking just like, she had no remorse for anything. She's just like, I am your queen. You bend the knee. He's like, you should be bending the knee to me or I will kill you. She literally like, she, what happened? (laughs) Who are you? (laughs) (laughs) Literally, literally Danny was, Danny was on her shit, man. She lost her fucking mind. Um, but I was going to say, in that vein, how did you feel in the one scene where um, Rhaenyra had to basically, you know, she did the thing, she did, she did uh, Dracarys. Mm. How did you, how did you feel when she basically like, like you knew she was about to say it and then she stopped herself. She was like, I can't do this. She, it, 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 in that moment, it was like, I saw both sides of the spectrum. Like I saw, I saw um, the Sherlockism and the, 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 there's another word for it that Sherlock-ism? I forget. Sherlockism? What do you mean Sherlockism? So, okay, so, uh, sure, so Sher- Sherlockism is like the in-universe explanation, and then there's the opposite side of that. That is like the the logical, like real-world explanation. So in that moment, when I'm seeing uh, Rhaenyra about to go and say Dracarys, in that moment, it's clear like she stops herself from saying it to the dragon because she has to like light light the pyre. Mm. that's that's burning her mother and the reason that she she stops herself in that moment is because it's her mom it's like i'm about to set my mother on fire it's like i can't, I can't do this so she yeah. just pauses but but in 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 real life i'm looking at that scene and i'm like i shouldn't be i'm thinking to myself i shouldn't be saying this this is danny's line this is danny's line danny says recall oh, so i'm not supposed, oh, yeah. that's i mean that's yeah it was, it was definitely like a like a head nod to yeah game of yeah. thrones yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. For me, it was more like Vietnam flashbacks. Like, when you said Dracarys, <laughs> I instantly started thinking about King's Landing being destroyed. I'm like, oh! Danny, no! Uh, Danny, no! <laughs> Danny, no! I mean, that's the problem with the prequels. Like, like I'm just like, fuck this whole family. You're going to destroy everything eventually and die out anyway, so fuck yeah. you all. <laughs> so we're literally just, like, waiting to see 
the tape the, the the dominoes fall and yeah it's like well, but that's the problem with like with how they ended game of thrones like they didn't even give us like a child of daenerys that survives there's one last targaryen left this is like they're all extinct so it's like what's the it's the same thing with star wars where it's like You've already killed off Luke and all the Skywalkers, so it's like, if you give me prequels, I'm like, I know how it ends. They all die. They end. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> oh, so, man. Yeah, so it's a weird thing to be watching the Targaryens when you know how they end up. And to be, and to be rooting for them on any level. Here's um, here's something that I'm going to say, because now you got my brain churning about it, because I didn't think about it at first. So Damon, Damon basically has his own whorehouse, and he's yep. like, he has women in cages, Okay. So I'm like, do you think that he's supposed to be a metaphor for um <laughs> for Andrew Tate? <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I wouldn't I'm, I don't I'm, think I'm, they I'm, that I'm, I'm dead serious Andrew right now because that's what it that's what it feels like, man. If he's sitting around shirtless and like talking shit about women in the next episode, I'll say yeah, but <laughs> I don't think I don't I, think they're I, getting that deep with it. Like I literally just thought about that. He was that. shirtless in that one scene in the where he was fucking that girl, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He was, <laughs> dude. He was bare ass. Like he was all out. No, it's fucking wrong with all women. I can't even do it. I Andrew Tate accent. But <laughs> don't, do, don't do that. Don't do that. Wow, bro. Hey man, I, I'm, the, I'm the Andrew Tate of the Blur community nowadays. So oh hey. my god, <laughs> it is what it is. But yeah, I mean, I, the episode itself, I, I felt like it was, it hit all of the major notes of what makes game of thrones good it had the sex yeah. it had the violence it had the the, the 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 medieval violence with the jousting it had dragons it had uh uh dark family relations i don't know <laughs> yeah but it hit all s- the same notes that made me love game of thrones in the first place so like it yeah. was it was good yeah, definitely. Another thing too. This is like a small thing for me, but like uh, Reese Reese Ivans, who's playing uh, Lord Hightower, who's, who's like that? Is that uh, the black guy. No, no, no. That's the he's the king's hand. He's uh, Al- he's the best friend's uh, father, who sends him to the king's chamber. Who sends her to the, the king's? Oh, Allison's dead. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the, maybe yeah. the possibly little finger of the season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. was gonna say he definitely seems like he's got little finger vibes. Yeah. Um. But uh, I was gonna say, I uh, as an actor, I like Reese Ivans because it's like I've seen him through through so many so many mm. films. So it's like I've never seen him in this type of medium in a in a medieval uh, in a medieval format. So it's so it's kind of because I you Reese Ivans, you'll remember him from movies like The Replacements. Uh, the football film with fucking uh, Keanu Reeves, or you'll remember him as Adrian from Little Nicky. I think most people remember him as Adrian from Little Nicky. So it's like it's nice to see him doing something like this, something more contemporary like this as an actor. I'll just, that's just mm. that's just what I wanted to say about Re- about Reese Ivans. Um, I mean, my my MVP of the show is definitely Matt Smith. I love him as the mm, Eleventh Doctor, yes. and he's been he's been dealt a shitty hand of really crappy fucking movies for uh, for a while now. Like uh, he was in he was in Dark Fate as the as a or no no it was a uh, Genesis. He was Skynet Genes- in Genesis. Yeah, Terminator Genesis. Gen- no, I mean it is pronounced. Are you Genesis. are you do- are you doing that? You were doing it on purpose, weren't you? No, oh no, I am because it's it, the Terminator movie is spelled Genesis. It's not spelled Genesis. It's so stupid. Uh, <laughs> like, it's so uh, dumb. <laughs> I see. I see. Um, I but, got you. But he was Skynet, and that was terrible. He was the villain in Morbius. Fucking terrible. Oh god. So he he's a good a great actor, but he's doing a lot of bad shit in Hollywood. So for him yeah. to finally be in something that he's good in, yeah, like, like hell yeah. 
I'm definitely enjoying him uh, as as an antagonist in this film and it's uh, or um and in, in this show and it's like um but yeah like I said just seeing just seeing like the jousting scenes and like the way that like like just like it went from like it went from from five to fucking eleven immediately and it's like he he's so good at like pl- at like pl- playing that villain and it's like he's antagonizing. Reviving, and he's antagonizing him, trying to like, uh, I would like your favor, my lady, like with his daughter. I'm like, yo, bro, what do you have against mm-hmm. against this man? What do you have against Lord Hightower to be doing this? And then it's like, there's there's some hidden hidden history there that uh, I'm curious to see, and I'm wondering if if things are gonna escalate at uh, at some point. But um, but yeah, like things, dude. The whole the whole scene with the jousting, like after um the fight broke out, like that was so fucking brutal. It it was nuts. I was like, yo, this is Game of Thrones. Every like, ep- every scene he's in is the most captivating scene of the episode. Um, but yeah, that that battle in the joust, I once again again it hit all the best hallmarks of, of Game of Thrones because even in that scene, I wasn't sure. I got scared. I was scared that, like, are they going to kill Matt Smith? Please don't kill Matt Smith. Please don't kill Matt Smith. <laughs> so he still had that little bit of doubt of, like, is he safe? Who's safe? Is anybody safe? So, like, again, I feel like they hit all of the best parts of, like, the Game of Thrones experience in this first episode. I think I think Matt's going to be the Jamie Lannister of this series. I really do. I think that he's going to be sticking around for a while. At least I hope so. I but, hope he um, does too. I, I hope he doesn't get yeah. killed off stupidly like Jamie Lannister was. <laughs> yes, yeah, seriously, seriously. Do, seriously. How many is it going to be? More than one season? Uh, it's only one season so far. No, but I mean, like, I no, actually, oh. I just saw them get renewed. Even y- though y- it was only one episode out, they already got renewed for a season two. This I'm only, is... I'm only asking because I'm like, I was kind of hoping for one season. Yeah, I was gonna I say just... this because I uh, like an anthology type of thing because I know that after this they're supposed to be doing Jon Snow. Um, oh, after this, yeah, maybe yeah, that's you, what they meant. Then I'm not sure. I just saw like a headline about it. I I heard that they're supposed to be. Doing... What do you mean, Jon Snow? Like uh, post season eight? Yes, that's uh-huh. what I heard. That's the rumor. Uh, what does that's that what mean? Uh, Unless they like they bring back the White Walkers and completely null and void the end of season eight, which is fucking stupid. Goodness knows. Goodness uh, knows what the, what they where they could go at the at this point, you know? Because it's like, but. That's the but that's the rumor that I heard was that they were planning on doing a John, a series about Jon Snow after um House the first season of House of the Dragon. I could be wrong. It could just be rumors, and I could be totally like talking out of my ass. But mm. that that's what I heard. Anyways, okay. well, I mean, I guess just to wrap up our conversation about House of the Dragon, like this is a good example of you can have messages in the things you write. But, and I've said this, like, I feel like I'm just a broken record at this point because I've said this a million times. <laughs> but it's all about how you execute those messages. Is it subtle? Yes. Is it well-written? And I feel like I'm going to throw out the weird pro-choice, pro-life thing that they try to inject into the show. But even the messages of, like, you know, gay people exist or females can be rulers. They can be people in, in positions of power. Like... Those things, if, when done well, like in this first episode of this show, aren't inherently offensive. And we need to... We, I, I'm speaking to nobody because no one's going to listen to this. <laughs> but as a society, we need to get away from this stupid dichotomy of, like, if you're not with me, you're against me. Isn't that the Sith? Isn't that the, yeah. the whole if thing? You of, are, if, <laughs> look, if you're not if with you, me... If you are not with me, you are against me. That is the entire mentality that so many people are having these days. Like I said, 
we become the empire because only a Sith deals in, in absolutes. absolutes. And that's the entire, what I feel like used to be the progressive side, the liberal side, the side that was supposed to be the most empathetic and the most accepting. We're, we're the opposite of that. It's crazy. Like, I, I can have rational conversation. That's what I'm like. I'm so sick of this like narrative that conservatives are bad. Conservative bad. Blah, blah, blah. I can have rational conversations with conservative people. We might not, we might not agree with each other. But we can have a conversation and we can talk about each other's ideologies and like what we believe. Literally. Can't do that with somebody on the left that really is entrenched in their beliefs. They will disown you. I've had it happen to me multiple times. Which, <laughs> which, which, which. Yes, exactly. I'm like, you're saying which, I'm like, which who? Like, what person? Who they? What? No. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? It's, it's, it's what I was saying earlier yeah, about, yeah, the sale, which, about the which Salem trials. Witch. Yeah, yeah. Literally, that's what it that's is. That's what it is. Racist. That's exactly what it is. Canceled. We can't be friends anymore. I'm looking at you sideways. It's like, that's the quickest way to turn allies into enemies. Exactly. And I think it's so it's so ironic that we, that they, those people, I'm not going to say who those people are, but people who use terminology like allies and all that shit, it's ironic that you use those terms, like war terminology, but you don't see that you're turning the people that were your allies against you. Literally. But, yeah, it, it makes it makes no sense. So I just hope that the pendulum is going to swing back to center at some point and we're going to get away from this bullshit of you're part of the toxic, toxic masculinity or toxic fandom or if you don't agree with this statement, then you're sexist. If you think that a black person shouldn't be XYZ, you're racist. It's like, what happened to having opinions? What happened to that? Literally. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm gonna be Cap, the, the the real Cap, and stand by a river of truth and fucking say what I fucking think, and just know that I am not sexist, I am not racist, I'm not toxic for just having a goddamn opinion. <laughs> Wait, if you're Cap, does that mean I'm Bucky? Yeah, on your left or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, man. But all right, oh, so yeah. let's let's end with some good news. All right, let's get... Okay, so let's try this again. It is now officially time for the Rays Report! <laughs> okay, let me get my thing out real quick. What's the good word, my friend? <laughs> We're going to have to do a lot of catching up on if we come back for future podcasts. Again, leave us three emails. Five, if we get five, I, I'll be really impressed and I, I would really appreciate you guys because I know we're going to get more than five listeners. So if we get more than five emails, I'll, I'll, I'll really feel the love. And it, Honestly, guys, it would help incentivize us to want to wanna come back and do this because you know, we're, we're both <laughs> silenced men. <laughs> we feel like we can't vocalize our opinions on the internet anymore. <laughs> yeah, literally. That that that's genuinely how it feels. It's like I feel like I can't say anything on social media anymore without someone wanting to come down and say like, "Oh, your opinion is wrong," or "You're fucking toxic," or "You're you're a shitty human being." That kind of thing. So you're a privileged cisgendered men, Jeff. <laughs> don't assume. Don't assume what I am. <laughs> don't assume what I am. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair yeah. Enough. <laughs> so, anyways, let's get into the Ray's report.
So I, ha I have only one story for the Rage Report uh, for this session. So over Power Morphicon weekend, it was announced that the 30th anniversary season of Power Rangers will in fact be titled Power Rangers Cosmic Fury. It was announced all over social media by the showrunner Simon Bennett over on their official Twitter page. And there's very limited information we got from Simon's video. Um, but what we do know so far is the fact that the entire original cast from Dino Fear will be returning for Cosmic Fury. So... All we can really do right now is speculate about what the new season is going to be. Um, <laughs> two things that I'm speculating right now, honestly, is that A, they're probably going to adapt Kyu Ranger because Kyu Ranger deals with... Oh, the galaxy one with like 10 Rangers? Yes, yes, yes. Um, because Kyu Ranger does deal with like the cosmic space themes and they have the Zords that are based off of constellations. And genuinely, I feel like that play patent that they have with the Kyu Tamas... I think would actually be very like it'd be very like appealing for for children to collect. Well, you Not, got deep you're talking about patents, like I didn't yeah, know that, all yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. No, no. Um, just going off the name Cosmic Fury, I feel like that's what they're going to do. And like the thing, and like even like Super Sentai fans, they love Key Ranger. Like they, it's very different though. It's a very different type of Super Sentai aesthetically because it's like they got way more armor. Then, yeah, um, and some of them are like, aren't they aliens? Because I know like the bull looks like a bull, like he's yeah, like, yeah. He's... The black the black ranger is like a giant minotaur, and then they have their blue ranger that is a wolf, and then their purple ranger is a fucking dragon. I like how probably like ninety nine percent of the audience is like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? But if you watch care Super about Sentai. us at all, you yeah. would know about Power Ranger stuff because you yeah. be watching Unworthy Literally. and you appreciate our love for Power Rangers. <laughs> Please go watch go watch Power Rangers Unworthy. It's awesome. Please, God, look at our Ninjors Oath uh, teaser on IG uh, coming soon. <laughs> the Great Ninja will be making his return very soon. Oh, there you go. And no yeah. shit, I think it's gonna be fucking epic. Like it's legitimately, I think, our most epic fight in the series so far. So hope I hear people you. Dig it. Yeah. And it's also the first time Jordan is uh, doing full cinematography on yes. on, on an episode. I'm wearing so many hats. <laughs> you really, I, I'm, I'm gen. You know what I'm? I have an, I have a new nickname for you now. The Swiss Army Knife of Unworthy because you wear so many fucking. The Swiss Army Knife of Unworthy because you do so many fucking things. But, I am um, whatever I need to be. <laughs> but yeah, but going back to uh, yeah. Cosmic Fury. So the only reason, though, so that was my option A. My option B, um, and I think that this is a less likely scenario is that they're going to do something more original and I only think I'm the only reason I think of that is because they still have the dinosaur logo on the Cosmic Fury logo. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask cuz I I did see the logo and it's got the same yeah. Dino Fury dinosaur on it. Yeah. So if they're going to so, switch theme. That's, that that was my main question of like are they going to switch costumes in this that's third the, season? Cuz it also kind of feels the, weird that they would switch the third season and then for the final season it's just different costumes that aren't dinosaur themed anymore unless they're gonna go the route of mighty morphin season two where the dinosaurs became um the thunder zords and i think that's a very likely scenario that they could be doing is that they're gonna turn the dinosaurs into these new uh cos constellations cos 
yeah, these new cosmic oh. swords. Maybe, mm. possibly, it hasn't Maybe. been done. It hasn't been done in over thirty years. But like, honestly, I think that's a very like that's a very cool take to do it. But at the same time, we do know, like, it's been talked about like for the past year that Hasbro has been cut, trying to cut ties with Super Sentai and Toei, and they don't want to use Super Sentai footage anymore, and they want to like do more original stuff. I mean, so, most uh, most Dino Fury is original action scenes. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, I, I, so that's. I, I don't are, know if most actually a good chunk of it is though. Yeah, so like that's basically like where my head is at is like they're either gonna go and adapt Q Ranger or they're going to try and do something more original with this Cosmic Fury title. So because yeah, do literally you think they the, would they might. What about what about the other um the the crystal ones the ones that look kind of like crystal no. cars. No, yeah. I don't think no, I don't think they're going to do the cars right now. The car the 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 cars one it seems very unlikely to to me personally because um just because it does we we've done we've done car seasons usually don't do as good as like dinosaur seasons and or Are anything. they cars though? Like what are they? It's like They're they're good they're cars. They're crystal oh. they're crystal, they're crystallized cars. Oh yeah, that's kind of weird. <laughs> I was gonna yeah. thought, I thought maybe like the Zeo crystal angle might work, but no, maybe. But I think it's highly unlikely that they're gonna adapt. Uh, they're gonna adapt Kira Major. I don't think they're gonna adapt Kira Major. Like I would have said, like if you had asked me, uh, uh, if you had asked me last year, which which Sentai's do I think they're going to adapt? It's either gonna be uh, Kira Ranger or um, Kyoruger, which is basically like uh, Wild Force 2.0, but with blocks. They're, they're, they use uh, Minecraft blocks for their Zords. It is the most weirdest aesthetic. It's like they have the Rangers uh, like, and their traditional suits, too. So that was another reason why I thought they would they would adapt that. Uh, one is because the, the the suits are more traditional with like white, white, glo- white gloves and boots. Um, oh, wait, but- you know the ones with the weird animal prints on them? Yes, that's weird. No, that whole, that design I, is weird. <laughs> I know, but honestly, like the play the play pattern in itself with like the blocks that are able to turn into the Zords, mm. I feel like that's also something that they can use to to more appeal to kids because kids do love Minecraft and they're a lot more accessible to small children. So I think that's that's yeah. something plaus- that's something plausible that can be done. I guess there's really only two options: either they don't change the suits at all, or they do the the universe cosmic themed one with the tin rangers yeah. constellations and I that one might make sense because if they yeah. do bring back old rangers like they, there were the rumors that they were going to bring back some of the old characters like david yost billy yeah if they do that and have them be some of the additional rangers since the team is like 10 rangers deep or something like that yeah like that that's the only way having all those characters would make sense but and I also don't know the show, the Sentai show. So I, 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 I guess they would keep the Sentai footage to like the bare, 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 bare minimum, and just have like a uh, core six, and yeah. then the other Rangers are like cameos. That the show only, to help. the only thing that I'm concerned. Oh my about... god! What if Billy's still an Aquatar? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I would love for it if they like if they use this as a catalyst to basically like explain how all the uh, the universes and the galaxies connect from like Lost Galaxy and uh, in space and like all the other planets that were involved mm. throughout throughout the past couple of years. I would like it if they used it as like a a, a bridge to connect everything back together. But yeah. the only thing I'm concerned about though is if they do go the route of uh, doing the Thunderzord transformation and whatnot is how the powers are going to translate that way because here's the thing so we our main five 
our main five rangers we have a red ranger we have a green ranger we have a blue ranger pink and we have black black is one of my only concerns of how they're going to transfer that power source because the black ranger in uh uh q ranger is the minotaur so it's they'll like just, this... they'll just do the mega force thing where they'll just switch the green oh to black. god can we not can we not do it be like eh, no <laughs> no because no because here's the thing the green ranger the green ranger in kia ranger is a girl so there's no issue oh. with trans so there's no issue with translation if they decide to go that route there it's See, still the same like i'm almost like i feel like they're not gonna even switch costumes that be, i don't See, I feel like it's a, li- it's a little underwhelming, and I'm also like, I feel like they wouldn't do that just because they, they want to sell more toys. But, like, to have... It's it's just a weird transition. Blue and black are my only concerns because the Blue Ranger and Kira Ranger is a wolf, basically. So it's like, it's a little weird that, like, this the, the he's turning into basically like a furry ranger. I don't want to say yeah. it that way, but that's basically I mean, what it is. Yeah. So it's so, so I'm saying like the team's weird. So I'm like I don't know if yeah. they're gonna use that team. The only the only I, I don't there's maybe it's there's, gonna be all original. Maybe they'll they'll, maybe. they'll pull it in space and just go full original, uh, footage. Maybe, I don't know. But like I said, we had there there's so much to speculate right now. Just going off of off of the name. That's the name. Going off of going off the name. And honestly, um. I'm surprised that like they're choosing Cosmic Fury because I feel like that's like I feel like that was a fan created name for uh, that that you know how the fandom they always love to make their own titles for upcoming seasons and then it's like the fandom makes better names than like the actual like showrunners do. Dino Fury and yeah. Cosmic Fury are stupid. Like, it should have just been fucking like it should. <laughs> I mean, it, I, it, it, I it should it should have just been Dino Knights. It should have just been fucking Dino Knights. Like that was the speculated it, it name really... for for the adaptation. It really could, should have been, because then Cosmic Literally. Knights would have made more sense. Yeah, it would. Yeah, it really yeah. would. <laughs> that, but I think Hasbro just likes to fucking be spiteful and not let like the fandom name. Kids love even... Fury. <laughs> Dude, we haven't had a Fury season since Jungle Fury, and it's like Jungle Fury was good for its own fucking reasons, but it's like Dino Fury. So I I, I don't like the title in itself. It's like Dino Knights would have been a, pro- a way more proper title. Why not is to mention. It- why is the cosmos so furious? I don't understand. <laughs> why is the yeah? Why is the cosmos so so furious? The cos the cosmos need to take a chill pill, bro. Yeah. Everything's got fury. What the fuck? <laughs> like seriously, it's like what is with all what is with all this fury and rage, man? <laughs> this will this 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 aggression will not stand, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited insofar as I already like Dino Fury, and like especially more so than even like Beast Morphers. I like I like Dino Fury. So and then we have the we have history to back us up with the final season of Power Rangers that ends in space is always the best season. So mm-hmm. fingers crossed that it holds true for this too. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm honestly surprised that they're gonna bring back um, the the Dino Fury cast to do to do this series because it's like you know how it, how it's been the past couple of years. It's like they do two seasons and then it's like they move they move then they move on. They usually never like go on for three seasons. It's very very yeah but it'd be weird to do one final season at 30th season and then it's just a brand new team for one season that you yeah yeah that's true maybe maybe they're gonna go with the uh the reunion route of, of this doing gotta it be it's way. gotta be this is like the legacy i in- i hope so i really hope so that'd be that'd be really cool to see that maybe um maybe maybe um 
the the black ranger i literally just thought about this so maybe the black minotaur ranger will actually be uh a returning danny delgado maybe jack guzman will come back and he'll get to get to play that character i'd be really surprised considering that he's the iron bison ranger oh maybe i don't know doubt it but maybe (laughs) speculation Speculation. that's just my my minor speculation maybe billy will be uh maybe billy will be the 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 blue with the blue wolf ranger maybe his uh ninjetti spirit will fuse with his ranger form maybe i would i would be so surprised if billy's in it and he doesn't have like a a coming out moment with tessa rose character oh yeah i'm so positive they're gonna do that there's no way they don't at, I, least, I, at least allude to it. There's no way they do Yeah, it. if the Dino Fury cast does come back, Izzy, I'm calling it right now, is going to become the Green Chameleon Ranger from uh, from, from Key Ranger. I mean, I mean, that matches, so that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does. Same with Amelia. There's a Pink Ranger. So, get get this. So, in uh, in Key Ranger, the Pink Ranger is actually a robot. The fuck? She's a fucking robot, bro. That's weird, bro. <laughs> she, she's, she's a Cupid-looking robot. That's the Pink Ranger. Oh, Sentai. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, I love Super Sentai. I can, I like, like, okay, older Super Sentai was, like, brutal, and, like, newer Super Sentai, it's very campy. It's very, like, uh, it's very campy. Yeah. Um. So, there's, there's a gold, the, their gold, I think, it, I don't remember if it's yellow or if it's a gold ranger, mm. but um, one of them has, like, this very, like, this big like point. Oh it's yeah, like, big nose. I've seen. Yeah, that. coming so out of the coming out of the visor, and I'm just like, what the fuck, man? It's like yeah. they there's that this season is so extra, and I love it. Sentai is weird, <laughs> but see, people, we like things, <laughs> childish <laughs> things. We're not opposed to kid stuff. It's just that the writing of She-Hulk is so bad. It's it's made for people with the intellect of less than children. <laughs> don't insult. Don't be slandering my Super Sentai, bro. No Don't man, Sentai, Sentai is fucking a masterpiece compared to She-Hulk. So. <laughs> like, I've seen, I've seen some crazy shit in Sentai. Oh my so god! So for me to say that, that's that's I'm, big compliments. I'm dying. <laughs> and a big insult for I'm, She-Hulk. I'm fucking dying. But hey, man, I could be wrong. Maybe episode three is gonna turn all around. So maybe. Once again, we'll I want to we'll send a message out to all everybody listening right now. If you want us to come back and review more, and you want to resurrect Blurred Vision, you know, just pull a. Peter Pan, Tinkerbell, and clap, clap three times, and you'll give us. <laughs> yeah, clap your hands, yeah, hands, Peter. Yeah, clap your hands. You'll give us the power to come back. <laughs> no, honestly, oh, I honestly missed uh, doing the podcast, and I miss being on, coming on here, and talking with my best friend about movies and television and whatnot. Even if we're just complaining about shit, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to be that guy anymore. I didn't want to be the guy that they come on and be like, "Hey, everything that the people like, I didn't like it." Let me tell you why I didn't like it. <laughs> but like I keep saying, Captain America says that you gotta speak your truth, and unfortunately. The Empire's gotten too powerful. <laughs> us being silent, us being good Jedi has allowed the Empire and the Sith to take over. <laughs> oh my god, we didn't even talk about Obi-Wan. Oh, oh do we, Obi-Wan. Do we, do we really? Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it if Hey, that's another thing to put a pin in for the next time. If people you, know what? Back. you know what? Tell you what, next time we decide to get together on the podcast, let's just have a Star Wars day. How about that? Star Wars Day? Okay. Oh, you know what? Oh, you know what? Star Wars. You know what? Andor is coming out soon. Andor is going to be coming out soon. It is coming out soon. Yeah. Okay, so so episode one of Andor, we'll do a a recap of uh, uh, Obi-Wan and Book of Boba Fett. Oh God! Yeah. Uh, um. We're yeah. Yeah. Fantastic yeah. shows. Fantastic shows. We just didn't Can talk it... about both fantastic. Sh- shut up. 
Oh, Book of Boba Fett, so good. Oh. <laughs> it, it was so true to the character. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I am told. I am. I am totally giving a shout out to uh, Creative Force Films right now because I fucking love the Star Wars products that they're making right now, and it's a thousand times better than the Book of Boba Fett. I'm saying that right fucking now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Thank thank God for strong female characters like Mulan. I forgot her name. <laughs> Fennec Shand. Yeah, Shand. Fennec Shand. Thank God for you, Mulan. Thank God. <laughs> It's Mulan, though. Like, I know, I know. That's why I like her. Cause Mulan, I know. I, I love her. I, I fucking pretend, love Ming-Na. I just pretend it's Mulan and it's all okay. It's 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 not it's not Ming it's not Ming-Na's fault. It is nope. not her fault. It's not it Fennec Shand. It's it's Space Mulan. Oh, man. That's who it is. But, but anyways, yeah, let's put a cap but, on that for it, now. But that's oh, it for oh, this week God. of Blurred Vision. Thank you so much for tuning in for our little therapy session. Uh. And I guess that's it for this week of, of the podcast. So if what, what was the damn? It's been so long. I forgot what the phrase is. Uh, that's been Blur Vision, and we will. And this has been Jordan with. There we go. <laughs> Jordan with Jeffrey. This has been Jordan with Jeffrey Ray's on the Blurred Vision podcast, and we will check you out very soon. Oh my god! It's supposed to be we will see you next week oh. because we're in this weird multiverse. I'm fucking up. <laughs> I'm fucking up. <laughs> it's like again, it's so close, but it's just slightly different. The the red lights are green here. Like, <laughs> uh, we will check you out next time. Uh, <laughs> All right, guys. Peace out. My bad. Bye. Guys. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Later. All my friends are toxic, all ambitionless, so rude and always negative I need new friends, but it's not that quick and easy Or I'm drowning, let me I'm better off all by myself Though I'm feeling kinda empty without somebody else So I hear you crying out for help But you never showed for me when I was ringing your cell phone